cue the music, Jamie. The great Dom motherfucking uh, Rara is here. Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. My longtime friend, one of my longest timest friends in the history of my life, Mr. Dominic Herrera. Thank you, Joe, for toxic. Dom and I have been friends for shit. It's been at least 20 years now. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's crazy. It was 20 years, right? I we brought did... you up in Montreal. That's the first time I remember I meeting. think it was 93. Yeah, I think that was 93. <laughs> and then we met in uh, Amsterdam Billiards, uh, and uh, you know we talked for a little bit. I didn't know you played yeah. pool, and I was all excited. There's only a few of us that play pool, like uh, Ferrara. Adam Ferrara plays really good pool. Uh, you know, Fitzsimmons. Fitzsimmons plays really good pool. Ari plays good pool. Yeah. <laughs> this is like well, I just remember, get so I, excited. I remember bringing you up thinking, this is a new breed of comedian. This kid looks like a fucking tough kid. Even when I didn't know you were into martial arts, I was thinking, I mean, you were funny. You were always funny. Not just stroking you, but uh, I remember bringing up thinking, this ain't the fucking kid who had problems with his mother that talks about his, you know what I mean? Because it, it was a different, and I told you this before, your group of comedians were like more tougher men. I grew up with a lot of like nebbishy kind of. Well, I, I grew, well, doing comedy, I started out in Boston. And that, yeah, those guys that's were a, particularly that's a good manly. Ground, yeah. They were particularly manly. Yeah. And you know who made me think that I could do it, honestly? Like, who, it didn't make me think that the way I looked would be an impediment? It was Nick DiPaolo. Oh, okay. Because Nick DiPaolo was like, he a great head of hair. He's a yeah. fucking devastatingly handsome guy. He was way better looking than me. And he was bigger than me. He's a big, like a football player. Yeah, he was know? a football player. But he was hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, whew, like it was a weight off my shoulders. Because uh -huh. I remember thinking that I looked like, like an athlete or something. Right. And it looked like a jock. You know, if you look yeah. like a jock, like you automatically categorized and it automatically makes you less funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely. I mean, there's like, look at Gary Gold. Gary Goldman? Yes. Perfect example. He, beautiful man. Too tall. Too handsome, beautiful. Too, yeah. Too beautiful. He's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he's a hunk. He's cute. You know what I like about his hips? He's got beautiful hips. He's a fucking devastatingly handsome man. <laughs> he's, he's big. He's handsome. One time, Laura yeah. Keitlinger, he's hunky. He's hunky. I'd like to take him to a prison cell. Uh, Laura Keitlinger, right? We're in Ireland. Remember, remember yeah, Laura? Sure, yeah. Very funny. Very pretty, too. And yes. She, she's dressed. She looks like a fucking model. And she's dying on stage, and she's really uh, funny. Yeah. She goes, what happened? I go, you look too good. Yeah. The guys can't laugh at you. The girls don't think you're funny because you're too pretty, and the guys can't laugh because their girlfriends are looking at them <laughs> to see if they're laugh or looking at you. Do you know, yeah. you know Brian Frazier? Do you remember Brian Fraser from Boston? Uh, probably. I don't remember. He stopped doing stand-up, but uh, he, he writes. We, we, I haven't spoke to him in quite a bit. But uh, he, at one point in time, was enormous. He was a bodybuilder. Uh -huh. and he, I mean, he was super. He's like... He's one of those like super dedicated, super disciplined uh, dudes that can like force himself to work an hour and a half a day and eat strictly healthy. Right. He was fucking gigantic. I mean, he was huge. And he would go on stage with like a golf shirt on. And I had a poem sign. I go, dude, you can't wear that. Right. And he's like, why? And I go, because you're too big. I go, trust me. I go, yeah. you got to trust me on this. I, goes, I go, dude, I, I, you know, you're my friend. And uh, you, you make me nervous. Like, your uh -huh. fucking arms are gigantic. Yeah, he had, like, pythons in his arms. They were too big. You couldn't stop. You could not look at them. Well, how about Piscopo when he got... You know those things at the carnival where you stick your head into the muscle man's body? Yeah. That's what Piscopo looked like. Yes. No, no, no. Brian Fraser was bigger than him. Yeah. I'm telling you. Fraser was up. the big... No, he was not. No, no. Was, Piscopo oh, was it up. Maybe, yeah. But Fraser was just, like, super dedicated. 
he was like crazy dedicated. Here's his funny fucking story, because he he he's a, a really funny guy, and he looks like maybe like an Irish guy from the Midwest, but he's Jewish, mm-hmm. and he's he at this time had like a really fucking he's you know he's got a temper and he doesn't like people fucking with him. You know he he was I mean he and I never had any problems, but he was uh, at a gig in Vermont once. And we were together. We worked together up there. And um, the, he had a little bit of a problem with his voice. Uh, he had a little bit of a cold. And so he was uh, saying to the, uh, to the uh, owner of the club, he was like apologizing for his, uh, his voice being uh, fucked up. Yeah. And the, the, the guy on the club said something like, you know, what, what are you, being a Jew or something? Ooh. Something along those lines. Like you sound like a Jew. Because right. he didn't think he was Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something along those lines. It was like really crude, you know, like, and Brian went fucking crazy. He went crazy. Yeah. There was a desk between him and the guy, and that's probably the only thing that stopped him from smashing this guy. But he was so scary because he was like really fucking strong. And I remember thinking, like, because back then, like, I didn't even lift weights. Like, I, would, I never lifted Just, weights in my Taekwondo so days. I was like, I was pretty skinny in comparison. He was like way bigger than me. I was like, God damn it! I don't know if I can stop him from from hurting this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he's just so much stronger than him. He could just run right through him like a bull. But that one thing that the guy said to him, like, "Don't be a Jew." Like, what are you being a Jew? I forget. Yeah. I forget what it was. But I remember like going, "Oh shit!" Like that's the moment where you're trying to talk your yeah, friend that, right. out of doing something really stupid. Yeah. yeah. Where so, the moment you're like, I know how you feel. I know how you feel and you're right to be upset, but please don't do anything. Let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. If you do something right now, that's going to be stupid. It's a mistake and it's going to fuck up your freedom. You're going to yeah. get locked in a cage. You're not going to do this. This is not what civilized people do. You keep the fuck away from people if you don't like them, but you don't have to beat them up. You know, that, that gets oh, yeah. real weird. I, I know when you get that look that you, you're thinking it, but you don't go into action. Remember one night we were, some drunken kids came up to us at the pool hall, and one kid just fucking lit you up, and you, I just looked at you, I thought, I know he ain't going to lose it, but uh, this kid has no idea the fucking danger he's in. Well, he was, I, I remember, remember what you're talking about. It's just d- drunk men. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I could imagine what it's like to be a woman. And deal with a drunk man wanting to hold you down and fuck you. Oh, yeah. The same type of like occasionally yeah, you baby. just you will just run into people that are just maybe they're not like that when they're sober. I don't know. I mean, you know, some people just have a problem. Yeah, they drink annoying. and they just get weird. But when you're around like aggressive drunk dudes, it's so unfortunate. It's like, oh, what a fucking predicament. This has got to suck to be a chick. And then they start repeating themselves. And but I always say, look. The, you know, it does. It bothers me a little bit, but at least it's not threatening like it is to a chick. I really always think about that yeah. when, when I see those kind of like really drunk, douchey guys. It's 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 got to be a terrifying thing to have a, a guy you know want to hold you down and fuck you. Just it fuck is. It, it is, Joe. It's got to be awful. Is it? Tell me the truth. <laughs> Tell me the truth, Dominic. It's terrible. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. My back's killing me. When you were saying the thing about you know, it's you, kind of fucked that that's still around, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, with my goddaughter living with me, uh, I, I can't sleep unless she's home. You know what I mean? And like, honestly, my godson, he's like close. If he got blown at a party by the kid's mother who threw the party, I go, Danny, that must tell me about it. <laughs> you know, and don't rat it. Don't don't rat the lady out. Yeah. 
But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's so different with girls. It's totally different. It's totally different. I was thinking of something you said before about when you when he said he was, the guy was Jewish and he didn't. You know how you, you're part of your culture, you're part of your background. Well, I was married to a Jewish woman, right? And one day I said, not meaning it in anything, just my own ignorance. I said, you know, maybe we can Jew we can Jew the guy down. Yeah. And she said that's really insulting. I go, why? And she she explained it to me. So then I just start saying, let's Christian that motherfucker down, <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to bring it back on myself. That's funny because uh, Frazier got mad at me for using that expression. Oh, that guy? Yeah, yeah, same oh, yeah. guy. I mean, he didn't get mad at me and like threatened me. You know, we we're friends, but he's like, you know, that's really a rude thing to say. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, I've always said it. I never thought of it. I no. didn't even think of it as a bad thing. I was like, you know, a guy's got gold chains on. Oh, he's guineaing it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to get some money. Oh, Jew the guy down. Like it. I didn't think yeah, that it was I, bad to be frugal. No. You know, the the, the I, I never uh, connected the two. I never meant it as an until he said it, and then I saw it. And then but it yeah, was obvious. Course. Once he said, I was like, yeah, I guess that is pretty insensitive. Speaking <laughs> of that, do you know that they, they got a guy today, 95 years old, who was a Nazi at the, oh, one of the camps? Oh, God. 95, and they arrested him. <sighs> I think, you think he's going to get life? But but seriously, is it, did you see it? You that's see it a, that's a, a, a terrible thing for karma that that guy lived that long. Argentina. He, yeah, 95. That was a big thing. He South said he, America, right? He said he was, yeah, they all went there. He said he was a cook at the camp, concentration camp. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> you know what's scary about the Nazis? Is that, that that shit was not that long ago. These guys are still not alive. Not that long ago, yeah. They're still alive. Some that's, of them are still alive. Well, that's what I think about when, when Mel Brooks did The Producers, how fresh that was. I mean, yeah. how fucking ballsy was that? Don't be a dummy, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Remember, you know, like the, when they were doing the goose step dance. Yeah. You remember the movie? Yeah. And I was thinking that was in the sixties. Yeah. And the war didn't end till the forties. Yeah. Forty five. Seven, I think it was. Was it? Was it forty seven? Though. I thought it was forty five, but whatever. It wasn't that far back. And he did this whole thing about Hitler. It was fucking hilarious and total balls. Oh yeah, Mel. It was forty five. It ended. Yeah. Mel Brooks was a bad motherfucker. Yeah, still is. Still is apparently. When I've, Brian Callen knows him or knows. Oh no, no, it's Fitzsimmons. Fitz, Fitzsimmons knows him. Says so the guy just fucking hangs around, goes to go to a coffee shop, and talk yeah, to yeah. people. Yeah, I'd love to know him. him. I met him, him on the street, like a super personable guy. Right. Just a real nice guy, enjoying life. His fucking son is a, a badass author. Yeah. His son is the one that wrote that World War Z movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, his son wrote the book, wow. which I guess a lot of people... I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously. Uh, but, yeah. but a lot of people are pissed that they deviated from the book. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes they do that. But, uh, yeah, his, his son's a badass author. He did had two of the funniest movies ever, Young Frankenstein... Producers, Blazing Saddles, three three movies. Yeah, Young Frankenstein was fucking hilarious. At the time, he was a he was the man. I mean, if you went to see a Mel Brooks movie, yeah. like there's really no one to compare it to today because he would act in them, he would right. write them. He always had to sing or something. Yeah. He, like I saw High Anxiety. Yeah, and he was singing like a lounge singer. Lounge singer. He's going High Anxiety. And he goes, Zyety, each time you are near. You know, just but the idea of Zyety. So fucking <laughs> stupid. Mel Brooks was a genius, man. He was a, a, a powerful, pro, pro, prolific genius. 
He did a lot of really good stuff. Well, at the time, it was him and Woody Allen were yeah. kind of like in the, I don't know. Uh, he was more silly. Yeah. Well, Woody Allen's pretty fucking silly, Oh, too. yeah, yeah, sure. I love was... the one where he's playing the cello in a marching band, but he has to run up and sit down for yeah. a couple bars. <laughs> Woody Allen, yeah. Take the money and run. Have you you've seen uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. Man, that's beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. At the time, like I was just, there was nobody... There's nobody else like that making movies like that. It was like you, you heard it was a Mel Brooks movie. You knew you were, it was a certain standard oh, yeah, of comedy yeah. that you are going to get. It was great stuff. Though they could never make Blazing Saddles today. No, they couldn't. Just political, the, too, too racially political. charged. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, there could never be an all in the family today. It's true, yeah. I don't, I don't believe there... And it's sad. It's sad. The, people would... You know, the, the good thing is, look... <laughs> It sucks that people like that ever exist, that there really could be a guy like Archie Bunker that's that racist. Yeah. But it's still fun. My uncle was like that. Yeah. I, we had family members that were like that. There were people that were worse than that, by the way. Like, he, way worse than he that. He wouldn't even give black people credit for being good looking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if she, like, if a black woman was beautiful, he'd go, that's a white nose. She's got a white nose. You know what I mean? Like, right. she, he'd bring up, as if all white people are beautiful. And like, that's funny. Up something. Yeah. <clears throat> But it was real, you know. I mean, he hate, yeah. he hated like you know because I, when I was a kid, I grew up with the Beatles. He hated the Beatles. They were he hated like anything rock and roll. That yeah. was a ruination of the world. Well, you know what, Tom? I think I used to wonder what the fuck that was all about, and I think what it really boils down to is that people have these weird natural tribal instincts. They have these weird tribal instincts, and they they belong to a tribe. Yeah. And whether that tribe is being a Republican or whether that tribe is l listening to mm. fucking classical music, you know, whatever the fuck yeah. it is that they decide this is where they draw the line, this is where they take right. a stand. It's a tribal thing, you know. It's it's a weird deviations of our need to form groups, you know. So we'll yeah. get upset about shit that doesn't matter even a little bit. I try and uh, not be stuck in any one era, you know. The only thing I was thinking, I don't even know if this is funny or not, but... Where's what's going to happen in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 15 years? Like it's when true, there's no yeah. groups left and it's like rap music is dominant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it right. going to be like, you know, with motherfucker this, motherfucker, you know? Do you like, not like any rap music at I all? I do. Yeah, what I kind do. Of, what you what know, do you like? Well, I mean, I like, like, I, I, I like what's um, Snoop, Snoop is great, I yeah. think. I like Eminem, I love. Right. Uh, some of the music we Do hear. You, would you like buy Eminem on iTunes? Yeah, I, I, I have. couldn't imagine seeing Dom Herrera. <laughs> like, well, you know, I get brought up to. They, what do you want? To, lose yourself. You know, lose yourself. Yeah, that song. That's fucking great. And the beginning yeah. is great. And uh, just for you know, when you get one chance in a lifetime, don't blow it. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful blow, song. Yeah. No, he's a bad motherfucker, Eminem. And I like the one, Mama never meant to hurt you. Never meant. Yeah. Tonight I'm cleaning out my closet. <laughs> it's pretty fucking yeah, heavy. He's got some great fucking songs. I'm coming out soon. Does it really? Yeah. Good for him, man. He's brilliant. Yeah. I think he doesn't like to perform. I heard that he like, yeah. has a problem. He doesn't like to go outside. He gets anxiety. Well, you know, I mean, you know how fucking famous that dude is? You know, he got yeah. so famous. I mean, he got crazy famous. He got famous to the point where it's probably probably fucks with your head. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking last time we were shooting pool, and you're very good with people. But the guy got on your nerves because Joe was just, we, we were getting tired and we both, both of us were kind of tired and you said, I'm fucking racking the balls. He wants to take a picture. You're like, that made a difference. <laughs> like, there was no good time. The poor guy, I mean, he was, you were nice to him anyway, but I just knew you weren't in the mood for. It's just drunks. It's, it's all right. And that guy in particular, that was no big deal. Yeah. 
that was just, you know, someone was just enthusiastic and wanted to take a picture. That's all good. It doesn't bother me at all. The, 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 what bothers me is the, the, the drunk thing where you yeah, never yeah. know. The drunk you know, close to your face. The clunky. Repetitive. They grab you. Yeah. yeah I really like know. that. Grab my neck again. Yeah. I, always, I go for that. I'm I'm cool with everything but the drunk thing. And if it seems like you're drunk, it's like, ooh, boy, I don't know. Are you yeah. drunk? How close do I get to you, stranger? <laughs> you know, you never see me drunk. Uh, I've seen you drunk. Really? I've seen you drunk at the Laugh Factory. Really? Yeah. How long ago? At least an hour ago. An hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you've seen me drunk. Yeah, it was, a, it was months ago. Many, many months ago. One of the last, I mean, I've only been to the Laugh Factory maybe three or four times over the past decade. You're not going to come back? No, I would go back. I like when I you like do that Wednesday night show of mine. I'll do whatever you're doing. If you're doing shit there, I'll be happy to do your Breaking show. Breaking balls with Dom Herrera. I'll be happy to do it. Because yeah, I like when you do the half hour at the end, then we have the interview. Yeah, that was fun. You had yeah. a great crowd. It was. There were smart people. You know, that was a, that was a fun crowd. But well, I've been I've been to the Laugh Factor, like I said, like four or five times. Yeah. But one of those times you were drunk, you motherfucker. I was drunk on stage. <laughs> no, no, not on stage. No, one time on the were last you? one time on stage I was drunk because I said something, and then when I realized I was drunk, I said something. You go, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, <laughs> you didn't even say it like in an attacking way. You're like confused, and I realized, oh fuck, oh, you were half. Yeah, because he gives me an <laughs> he gives me an Irish coffee. You can't give an Irish coffee with half. That there's so much whiskey, the coffee's cold. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah, and I'm oh, drinking. I drank Jesus two of them. Look at you know, two of them. So what is that like? Five drinks, probably five whiskeys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! Oh that shots, makes, yeah, yeah, at least that makes my my balls hurt. You say that like you know what else makes your balls hurt? Right here. Ah, yes. I, I was out to a restaurant last night with a friend of mine. You know those guys that make everything sexual, like whatever, and uh, the. The uh, waitress was uh, her fish was taken long, and, and waitress, I'll get you some zucchini sticks. This has nothing to do with sex. And, he, and, and when she walks away, he goes, "I'll give you a zucchini stick. <laughs> I'll give you the fucking you know what I mean? Like nothing to do with anything." Yeah, there's dudes that always have that. I'll yeah, give you here's your zucchini stick. You want a sandwich? Yeah, I'll give you a fucking sandwich. Got a nice meatball right here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I'm glad I'm not a girl. I'm glad you're not a girl, too. You'd be fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> i never seen a girl with such a defined back. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen some big ones. How about the one who came out uh, last week? She's got an Adam's apple. Who's She's, that? I forget her name. The, the, she, she just went into the pros. Just they, they, I think her team won the national championship. Uh. Whitney Griner? Yeah, Whitney Griner. I mean, she went Griner. in the pros for what? what she, was I'm not NBA. saying. She, she's got like a beard on her dick. She's so, fuck, <laughs> so fucking mad. She's so masculine. <laughs> but she came out of the closet. <laughs> Who is she? She's a, She was the, she's like the all-time shot blocker in the NCAA, the women's yeah, she division. She for Baylor. I'm going to But she her. is like a man. So this is basketball? Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it was, it, was, it was nothing. It meant nothing to anybody. Then that guy comes out, the, the seven foot guy, the twin, which he didn't tell his twin brother he was gay. Did you see that? What? Yeah. Oh my god. He came out of the closet, but he came out of the closet at thirty four. Oh, this guy? No, no that's this, this, this guy. That, but look at her Adam's apple. Wait a minute, hold up. What's going on there? That's a girl? That's yeah. a girl. You wanna hear her voice? Sure. Give me a second. 
So she just came out of the closet, is that what you're saying? She yeah. came out of the closet oh. a while ago. There's a player who plays in the NBA. His name is Jason Collins. He just came out this week in a Sports Illustrated interview. Right, right. That was yeah. a big deal, right? Yeah. yeah. Was he the first gay player ever? In he was the, the first NBA. At, the NBA? who was actively, who was still might be playing. But he might not even make a team because he's 34 and he's not any good. It's like a third-string center. He might have done it because of that. He might have done it for that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he would maybe, go. Maybe. President well, that's Clinton. rude. You're but, saying he went gay just to for publicity. Man, that's what you're that's saying. Yeah, I think he might not even nah, be gay. Nah. Well, no, he's gay. <laughs> I can see by the way he shoots. before they tie that, we're like, look, we're, we're ready to uh, put this story to bed, but uh, we need to see Sucker Cock first. I mean, this might be a big publicity you heard Bill Burr talk about it? No, is that what he said? He says he should pay a cover charge to go to the shower. <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. Bill Burr, I, I don't get him. <laughs> I love people that say they don't Who get. says that? No, you know, just somebody oh, who's asshole. jealous. You yeah, know, who's there's they, a lot of that. Fucking Bill's as good as any anything out there. Well, you know, there's a real disturbing thing in comedy where uh, people don't want other people to be good as well. You yeah. Know? I don't know what it is. But we all know a certain number of people who've been afflicted by that, whether yeah. voluntarily or involuntarily. Some of them try to kick it. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Brogan's <sighs> one of those old, bitter guys. And, you know, he's a nice guy, but he used to write for The Tonight Show. You know who he is? Yeah. And he was upstairs, and somebody was on stage, a young comic. He goes, right, let's listen to him. I don't get it. I go, you know what? It doesn't matter. They get it. Listen yeah. to the audience. Yeah. They get it. It doesn't mean everything's quality, but give them credit. You know, yeah, that's a weakness, man. It's like the why, why, yeah. you know, either like it or don't like it. But you know, to really like focus all your negative energy, yeah, on it like that. Those those people, they the become bitter. a drain. Yeah, oh. it's a that's a, a horrible uh, aspect to dealing with uh, with other people. It's like when you're all in the same sort of business together and there becomes a guy who just for one reason or another just can't seem to get it together. Yeah. And so they start spewing venom and then you're around him and you pick that up. Like if you happen to be working with a guy, you know, and he's like a yeah. middle act, he's just bitter and nasty. Like you can ruin your whole weekend. Yeah, Dub David played uh, in, in Invincible. He played a character like that was part of uh, Vince Papali's group, the guy who was the football player who they based the movie on. Uh-huh. And it was an interesting character because he was he's so resentful of his friend's success that when everybody was cheering, you just see him looking in his glass and stirring, you know, like, mm, fuck, he, he got something else in life. And here I am at the bar. You know what I mean? Right. And, but Dub played it really well, but it was an interesting character. Because I thought about, I've seen it with comedians. When a comedian gets something, it's like, when I, when I started out, I started out w with Eddie Murphy. Right. Right. And I was up for Saturday Night Live. And I was like, I was hired for three episodes. I don't know if I ever told you that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Eddie became a star, and people would actually like say to me, "Does that bother you?" I go, "No." Do you think that if I, if Eddie Murphy didn't do forty eight hours, I would have? I said, "That's <laughs> nothing to do with me. It's him. He did it. He's talented." Uh, yeah, but what is it that stops people from ever seeing that? What is it that makes people just go, "Fuck him, fucking Eddie Murphy"? Yeah. You know, if I was in that movie, it'd be even better. Tell you what, fuck well, Eddie Murphy. Petty, they're petty and bitter. He couldn't follow me in Cleveland. Right, yeah. was this weekend I in Cleveland. I fucking buried him. <laughs> he was the middle. I, I was the middle. He was the headline. I was like, seriously? <laughs> well, we know so many of them. And Those stories are so gross. The I blew him off the stage stories. Oh, yeah. 
and crushed. Unless they're talking about a dickhead. And then suddenly they become cool. <laughs> if it was right. a guy you don't Somebody like. Somebody hate. Yeah, and you're like, oh, how bad did he eat it? Uh, uh, I, you know I don't like that guy. plates of shit. <laughs> Joe, you know I don't like Bobby Collins, right? Yes, I know. And I, uh, I like, there's only three guys I really don't like in comedy, and he's one of them. And uh, I, I do this benefit. It's called Rags to Riches in uh, in Vegas. It's all these rich Jews and Italian garment guys. Fucking hilarious crowd. They're all, t- you know, like they all think they're funny. They're fucking. And Bobby Collins was there last year, right? And I said to him, I said, no matter how bad I do, I know I'm not going to be worse than fucking Bobby Collins, <laughs> right? And they fucking cheered because he, had, oh, a, he no. had a tough set. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't on the air, right? No. Okay. No, this just is only talking. on the internet. <laughs> it only reaches a um, uh, the whole world of people. So it's just, it's a you know it's a weird group. So. I love that I'm that they listen to me in Ireland. Like I told you, I'm gonna be in Kilkenny in three weeks. Yeah, well, that's one of the most beautiful things about the internet is that you can get shit from anywhere. You can yeah. listen to a podcast like London Real. Those guys do one from London. You can listen to a podcast from Switzerland or Iceland or fucking whatever. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's taking so much power away from the man. When you think about it, think about like the man, the, the, man. the man, like the man motherfucking man. Yeah, he was my main man. You killed him. Yeah, it definitely does. It, and every comic has a podcast now. It's like yeah, there's every comedian that I know has a podcast. Isn't that funny? It's amazing. Yeah, it's like having a podcast is like having a Twitter account. Well, it's, it's like cool. having an act. I mean, yeah. you know, you can have an act, but it doesn't mean it's going to be that good. Yeah, you know that's true. But it also would like it kind of. It's like it's another part of your act, sort of. You know. Yeah, Jamie and I were talking about that before before you came in, and I asked him, and I it was kind of awkward, but I had to ask him. I said, "Do you, do you have eye makeup on?" He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> a beautiful man. <laughs> his, but, eye, his eyes, not for nothing. Not that I was like resting on them. I'm just saying, right. I, like glanced by. Uh, his eyes look like he has makeup on. He's just beautiful. He is beautiful. The um the idea that your your um podcast is a part of your act, I mean it's like it's uh when you're doing stand up, you know the one thing that you're selling almost more than anything is like a point of view. It's like one yeah. of the, the beautiful things about watching a guy is that you get to you lock into the way he's thinking and you go, oh I see what he's huh yeah, yeah. you know and then you start laughing but you 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 lock into a point of view you know you figure out a yeah. way to lock into his point of view well it's cool to do something without your act yeah you know people go like you know uh i told you not, not to struggle but you were you were because of the power of your podcast and your popularity you were by far the biggest act we've had on as far as numbers went wow that's awesome yeah and we've had a lot of good guys Tom Herrera live from the Laugh Factory. That's Jay- a fun Jay- podcast. Jamie probably. was on today. But you're really good. Oh, you're, you're, you're so well. The thing about you is, hey, we're just giving each other a massage, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do in show <laughs> hey, business. This is man. how we celebrate hey. each other. You just, uh, you know, you're the real deal. So you, you don't bullshit things. You don't fake things. It's really Dom Herrera there talking. Some people, for whatever reason, can't do that. They yeah. get weirded out if they're doing an interview, or they, they they have that hard time just completely being themselves. Well, you don't but have to you don't, do a punchline every yeah. fucking every sentence. 
Well, you know that. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys who don't, you know? They get nervous. The thing I love about you, Dom, is that you stayed, you always, like, stayed true to stand-up. Like, stand-up was always the big thing for you. No matter what you did, you, like, you would occasionally, like, do a TV show or, you know, you'd, yeah. like, it would be great if I got a series. But, uh, you know, I'm a stand-up comic. Like, that's what I do. And you've always loved it. And you're always writing new shit. You're always improving. Yeah, I still love it. You still love it. And you yeah. still come up with new shit all the time, too. That's, like, so important. It's so, it's such a, um, it's such, like a, it's such a rare little sort of group of 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 people that we know yeah, that yeah. like really really love and appreciate the art of stand up. Yeah, you know, Brian so, Callen does. Oh, fuck yeah, he does. You know? Fuck Ari does. Ari does. Yeah. Yeah. I went on after Brian the other night at the Laugh Factory. He had, he had a terrific set. So I'm busting his, I'm busting the crowd and saying, so nice to follow Brian because. He sets the bar so low that whatever, you know, like just, you know, he's, he starts hollering at right. me from upstairs. They know we're fucking friends. Right. I wouldn't right. do it. Like, I, I, you know, like when I host a show, I said, the true sign I don't like a person is if I give him a straight, nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being nice and just give him a, that means I don't, I don't have time for him. It's, and what people don't understand too is like, if you, we bust each other's balls and it's really like a pleasure. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Like if you say some stupid shit about me, if I say some stupid shit about you, we enjoy it. Of course. Like we make each other laugh and some people don't see that. Like they see like two comics busting each other's balls and they think like, oh, they are asserting dominance and hurting right. each other's feelings. Like, yeah, they're... No, they're having fun. And the, the, the fact that they can do it to each other, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a part, a part of being a comic. The busting balls thing is a part of being a comic. Yeah. Well, when you said something a couple minutes ago about the guys who seriously talk about themselves in comedy like yeah like, are you you know what i mean first of all i'm not bragging but i was incredible <laughs> i buried I, him he couldn't I, follow I, yeah. me I mean, the night, they should have a music act on after me just to calm the audience down <laughs> there was a guy that he shall remain nameless but he had a, a website Name names man he that's what a, we're on a podcast he had a website and in his website it uh it had a whole story Bobby about how we blew dice off the stage oh really dice couldn't follow him yeah <laughs> Who would that be? <sighs> oh, I don't know, but it's the fucking silliest shit I've ever read. I was like, okay, what are you talking about? Like, One of the things I like about Dice is nothing phases him on stage. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He did that special. He he aired that, that two-CD special called The Day the Laughter Died. And he went up, essentially went up at Dangerfields in New York, mm -hmm. unannounced. No one knew he was going there. And if you've uh, ever been to Dangerfields, Dangerfields, when I was a kid, when uh, I first came to New York, I fell in love with Dangerfields. That was my spot in New York City. It was because an old-time nightclub. It was an old-time nightclub. Yeah. It was off the beaten track. They gave you half an hour. The, the crowds were very small, except like weekends and like sometimes uh, like prom shows were like packed right. there. But you – it was – it was where they filmed the Rodney Dangerfield HBO special. Yeah, I was like, there. To I me, that was to, it was that was mecca in New York. Yeah. You know, I, I went there all the time. But you, you, we had to work with some really fucking crazy people. Who was this Scottish guy who was the bouncer owner, or whatever? <sighs> Jimmy, he was a character. He was, no, it's not a Frank. He was so mean. He looked like he was sitting down and he yeah. was standing. He was so squat. Oh, he was a brick house. He was a bowling ball. He was a brick house. That guy was gigantic. You don't get a fucking laugh for fuck's sake. He was a power lifter, that dude. Yeah. He would like grab people and throw them out there. He was a gentleman up uh -huh. until someone wasn't a gentleman to right, him. You'd reach and across. then you fucked up. Like he, you, you noticed he was a big guy. 
but he was like deceptively strong. Right. Like he would do crazy weightlifting things. He had um like cement buckets. Did he you really? know, buckets? I didn't those know about plastic this. buckets. I, yeah. Yeah, he had them filled with cement. He would do exercises with yeah. them. He did powerlifting. He did a lot of crazy right, shit. Right. That guy was stupid strong. Yeah, what a, but he was perfect for the nightclub. He was hilarious too. He was always, uh, you're going to try again with that shite act of yours? <laughs> he, would, he would bust yeah, your yeah. balls, but it was warm, you know? Uh -huh. It was like he would do it with like a half a smile on his face. And he'd be like, hey, man, I'm just trying to do my thing. <laughs> and he would laugh. <laughs> he was a good dude. But if you ever got in a tussle with that guy, oh, my God, he was terrifying. I saw him yeah. pick a guy up by his neck. He grabbed the guy by the back of the neck and just hoisted him up in the air. But he's essentially doing it completely by his neck. These prom shows, kids would come in and they would get so fucked up. Oh, yeah. They were so fucked up. Do you remember Al Lubell? Yeah. A kid went on stage, took the microphone away from Al Lubell and blew cigar smoke in his face. Wow. It was crazy. What did Al do? He didn't know what to do. He didn't want to get in a physical confrontation with him. I mean, yeah. Al was a lawyer, remember? Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he backed away and, you know, I don't remember what the... I don't remember how it was resolved because this was... Jesus, this was like 1991 or something like that, 92. Any, anybody ever come on stage with you? No, no. You know, I don't, it wasn't his fault. It was just the kid was right. like really fucked up. The kid was really big too. He was a big like football player looking kid. He was just yeah. uh, really bold. Wow. Th you know, they were all trying to be superstars. This was like, they were at Dangerfields and it was clear that no one really had the run of the place. Right. It was almost impossible to cor to corral the crowds. Oh yeah. That they were crazy. really crazy. Yeah, that prom crowd is also, so there, it's one, that, one of the, it's like St. Patrick's Day. It's one day everybody gets fucked up and. They're, they were tough. It was the craziest shows I ever worked in my life, yeah. without a doubt. Because, first of all, you would work from, like, the time it was dark out, from, like, 7 o'clock. You would do shows till 2 o'clock in the morning. I know, you would get off stage that. at 2 in the morning. And people told me that, and I didn't believe them. But it was, like, Joe, good. It was good the, money. The last spot at the improv used to be 345. Wow. 345 on the weekend nights. I remember having 330 spots. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. But, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this. The first time I did stand-up for money was $50 at Seton Hall, right? And I'm just fresh out of improv, improv group, all this shit. And I go up on stage, and a girl starts heckling me. She was fucking out of her mind. So I bring her up, thinking, wow, <laughs> improv, right? The worst thing I could have done. Then she's laughing hysterically, and then she starts crying hysterically. Oh, my God. Like sobbing, crying. And I'm thinking, man, this fucking stand-up is harder than it looks, you know? And I don't know what to do. And then this guy, you wouldn't know this guy. Uh, he died a long time ago. He, uh, he comes up on stage. He was like, he was a real pro. And he just like took her off. Took And I found out later that her brother's girlfriend was killed in an accident. So she was fucked up on pills and stuff. Oh. But it was the first time I ever did stand up. And he covered for me. He did my extra 20 minutes and all. But I'm, you know, like, God, this is my first fucking indoctrination that his whole new life. I'm going, holy shit. <laughs> is that harder than it looks? <laughs> what a shit roll of the dice. Never brought anybody up after that. That's funny. Oh. It's funny how hard stand-up really is, but then once you get good at it, how easy it is. Well, you it's know? easy because you can take your time, and you can think like, you can literally think. When you're doing an act, there's it's rote. It's not, you know, then you're thinking, oh, if I lose my place, I don't have a place. Right. So I can't lose my place because it right. doesn't matter. You don't care. Right. If you go off in something, you, you know. You've well, you gotta, you got to always have, like, 
pe- things to talk about. Yeah, but, but they I don't mean, always if you, have you to... don't have like you're, no. you don't do the exact same act, or, you know, no. like, not no. even close. No, and that no. that makes it so much easier because then you you know you're free, and that's when that's when I think it gets easy. Yeah, that is when it gets easy. That's why I hate doing like the Tonight Show and shit like that. When they have it scripted of what you're going to say, it takes all the fun and spontaneity away from it. Well, it's really unfortunate that that's still the thing, those little seven-minute conversations. Yeah, they're you the know? hardest thing I do. Yeah, especially because you, you're doing it with a stranger. You know, I mean, yeah. you, even if they're – I mean, who's the closest? Who, who are you friends with out of all those guys? Craig Ferguson or, or oh, uh, you mean the, Conan? Do you do Conan? No, I do Craig and, and Fallon. So, like, even though you see those guys, like, you know, maybe every now and again, yeah. you're not really, like, buddies with them. It's not like you no, sit but, down with them and be yourself. No, but I got to say, the thing about Ferguson, he never gets to a question. And I, all the times I've done, I've done a show probably eight times, never gets, they ask, they have the pre-interview and the producers call, the segment producers, and they're so worried about what you're going to say. And, oh, no, he doesn't know much about baseball, but he knows about uh, football. And, all right, all right. And then never gets to a fucking thing. Wow. Huh. I had one of my most fun moments ever on television on his show because he asked me. He, he plugged a date at my Denver Comedy Works, and I had already done it. I said, well, you've got a really crack staff here. I said, I've gotten so hot they have to post-plug my dates because there would be a riot if they all knew I was there, right? And he goes, and then he, t- he says to me from his desk, look, we'll start over. I go, I ain't starting over. <laughs> and he walks over. I go, look, I got a spot at the Laugh Factory. I gotta get to. It. I said I'm, I'll do. I said I'm, I'll do my little monkey dance for you, and I'll come over and talk to you. But I ain't starting over. And we had like a fake fight, but it was great because oh, the audience funny. knew it was real. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I went over to the panel, and we just fucked around. That's great. Well, he's a funny guy, and yeah. he's uh, he apparently does a lot of stand up too, right? Does a lot of stand up. Yeah, he does a lot of road gigs. I know there's been places that I've been where yeah. I said he was just there, or was going yeah. there. Yeah, good for him, man. It's just uh, I would I would like to see him even more in an uncensored format for hours. You yeah, know, I'd like to see fascinating him fascinating guy. I, I've only worked with him once uh, he, in uh, Toronto. You know when I really became a fan of his um, when he was talking about Britney Spears. Do you remember that? No. What did he say? <sighs> it was I don't want to paraphrase, but it was right around the time when she kept running into all these problems. Right, and it was right. obvious that there was something wrong. She was fucking tail spinning. He. Um, he 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 made basically was like why does everybody care about this like you're talking about a little girl who who needs help like a yeah, young yeah. girl who needs help and it was it was kind of i mean right. you said little girl but a young lady who needs help and it was really kind of um it was refreshing it was like it was this isn't you could tell wasn't something that was like he was posturing and he was uh, making an attempt at right. saying this because he just wanted to achieve some moral high ground or yeah, something yeah. like that. It was a real, like, like it felt like he has a voice. He's on television. Let's see if I can just get this message out. And it was so right. It was because it was like, why is everybody freaking out about this young lady who obviously does have problems yeah. when we're in the middle of fucking two different wars and who knows what else is going on in the world? Who knows what the fuck else is going on? Yeah, well, it was like Lindsay Lohan. Now it's like she makes the news, and but it's so we're so weird with that man. It's so weird to fix. I think we like to build individuals. somebody up and knock them down. It's so weird to fixate on individuals yeah. like that. It's so weird. That yeah, we definitely like to build them up and knock them down. There's no doubt about that. But it's weird how how people just get locked into that. Yeah, you know. 
what's Lindy Lohan up to now? It's like once she becomes like this sideshow, they just there's a market. It she becomes it's almost like she becomes infected with fame. Yeah. And then that fame it fucking sucks onto her. And she needs it sort of to give her money and and they need her and people like her yeah. to fuel the their, you know, the little publicity machine. It's really fascinating stuff. Because they also have an incestuous relationship a lot of times, some of these celebrities they actually choose to get their photos taken they ask, oh, sure. they ask to set things up yeah, yeah. and their publicists set things up to keep them you know in the in the chatter we it's had just, fascinating we had justin bieber at the laugh factory one night and i knew he was up there and you know he even said a couple things to me i was hosting and he had uh, that really cute little chick that he goes out with i forget she's a singer i think it's selena gomez yes yeah, right Beautiful. I'm sad. I know that, but I do. She's beautiful. But you said it before I could. Anyway, he, uh, his his manager came up to Jamie to ask me to mention that he was there. I thought that was so unusual because you know a lot of times, like say Sean Penn comes in, he just wears his baseball cap down, nothing, not a word, right? You know, and this kid won the detention. I'm thinking, how much fucking attention do you need? You're like one of the most <laughs> famous, <laughs> famous sixteen year olds ever, ever. You know. Well, that's you know. he wanted to be brought up. You know, I mean, like, like I get a hand for him and all this. shit. Really? Yeah. Well, he's probably you know it's his thing. He gets a kick out of doing that. Yeah, <laughs> he can just show up places and people cheer him. I bet he could like do that. Just show up at a restaurant, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Justin yeah. Bieber's here. Yay! That's a fascinating thing, man. Well, it's fascinating to me that people comp movie stars and couldn't hmm. give a fuck about the guy who's laying in the alley. Right. Star. You know, it's like. Well, he seems like he's handling it way better than most people would. Well, it's pretty unusual, yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah, he says some s silly things every now and again, but he's like 17 years old or 18 years old, whatever he is. You should see the girl. He's a young though. kid. That girl's fucking hot. <laughs> you can't say that. I think she's too young. I'm allowed I think to you're allowed to hot. say she's, she's hot. 18. She's 18? Okay. But if she's 17, I don't think you can't you say, say she's it. Hot. I think you got to lie to yourself. <laughs> What a girl, seventeen. I don't she think. was just seventeen. You know what I mean? Don't forget, <laughs> yeah, when, right? When that they... was okay to sing back then. Yeah, but don't forget, he was only twenty. How about Gene Simmons? Christine, sixteen. Oh yeah, remember that? Christine. Oh, with Kiss. Sixteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a Gene Simmons joint. She was just seventeen. You know what I mean? But the <laughs> yeah. way she looked was like beyond compare. Wow. But this was a, a Gene Simmons was singing how he has to have her. I've right. got to have you. <laughs> I've got to, Christine. That's a great fucking song. And if you say it's not a great song, I say, fuck you, bitch. That's good. That's a mature reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I handle it. Fuck you, bitch. There was a you song. can't shit on my childhood. Yeah, there, was, there were a couple of Sweet 16 songs. Yeah, there was a lot of creepy dudes back then that That's got away with it. creepy, but if you're 18. Yeah, people died younger back then. What it was. We're not talking about the Roman Empire, Joe. It's <laughs> what it was, Damarera. People died earlier back Come then. On, it's dude. a known fact. That's what people could have said before it's a known Wikipedia. Fact. Before, yeah, before Google. That's yeah. a big point right there. A known fact. And that guy could just bullshit you <laughs> right, right around. And there's nothing you could say. If he was good at bullshit, you'd be like, all right. No, you just don't want to fucking admit the Encyclopedia Britannica. I've read all the volumes. <laughs> Like you don't know if you read it. Ah, fuck! We're in a quagmire here. <laughs> you can't get out of this bullshit conversation, <laughs> asshole. Asshole's just bullshitting. I know he's bullshitting. And then you find out years later that he was bullshitting. It's a it's known too fact. That's funny. Those motherfuckers. Those it's a known fact guys. <laughs> they talk some crazy you shit. You can look it up. I can't look it up yet. Imagine what if you were like a long time bullshitter, 
like if you're a crazy con man type dude and you're just a, just a, a an excellent bullshitter for many many years. Yeah. I wonder how pissed those people were when Google came along. Oh, I know. It's like all of a sudden, you know, like they could make up the name of a company, make up the name of a corporation. Yeah. Now you'd go, do you have a website? And they'd be like, no, we don't have a website. You'd be like, oh, really? I was watching Catch Me If You Can the other day where Leonardo DiCaprio is just like, he becomes a pilot when he's 17. Right, and right. He's making checks and getting money. You can't do that shit today, son. Walked into a bank and they oh, believed yeah. him didn't because he, he was a pilot. Did he yeah. perform an operation too? Or is that the one? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, the, the idea that you could like have a fake company and get people to invest in your fake company and then you get, oh, where's the money? Shit. Yeah, yeah. That, those days are, I mean, you have to be really dumb. I'm sure there's people that are really dumb. Or get, you know, the super gullible older folks or people with mental illnesses that get sucked into weird deals. Yeah, and, the, and uh, people that are trying to get a quick buck, like yeah. the, the Madoff thing. Madoff thing, I, I was personally affected by that because people I love. But a lot of people are just looking for... People like that a, you love lost money? Oh, millions. Millions. Yeah. millions. Wow. Well, you love a lot of people that are fucking powerfully rich. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people. I've been around. That's a lot of money. I've been around a millions. block a couple times. Yeah, that Bernie Madoff thing was... Uh, to me... You know what that showed? That showed that this is a crazy system, because if you guys didn't know he was cheating, yeah, how is it possible? How is it possible? Because that it was like no a pyramid scheme, and there were people still collecting money, so they yeah. were they were teased by it constantly. Well, they weren't just teased; they benefited and profited yeah. from it immensely. Some of them made like big profits, but there's other ones that lost so much fucking money. Oh yeah, that guy just went baller on everybody; just had everybody's money all tucked away. And just squirreled it off. <laughs> Crazy fucking sociopathic asshole. And it's just... What are you trying to say? I just He ain't a bad guy. <laughs> He's just a victim of circumstance. Probably a psychopath. But the idea that it's possible for a guy to do that, that was so disheartening for me. Because I thought that it was more complicated and I thought it was yeah. more secure than that. I well, thought, some of it had to do with the greed of the people, too. Of wanting to be quick, quickly rich or... You know, and these are people that, like I said, like I know a lot of people, that, and, they, and I care about them, but they they readily admit they were looking for a quick buck. Right, of course. You know? Yeah, well, that's what he was promising, right? right? He was promising big returns to a lot of people, right? It's just a shocking thing, like what he, how much money he was handling. You know, it's really shocking. Yeah. And then the wife's trying to squirrel some away and disappear into the night while the husband's locked up in jail for the rest of his life. Did one of his sons commit suicide? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was tough. Can you he should have just changed his name. Oh, my God. Should have just what? Changed his name. <laughs> the son? Madoff. No, I don't think it was even that. No, but I the don't. son just realized, like, his. Yeah, that's. You know, I think, especially uh, when you're a young man and you, you know, probably grow up thinking that your family is doing uh, really well because your father is a hardworking, smart man. And then he brings you into the business. And then somewhere along the line, they probably had it figured out. Somewhere yeah. along the line. If they didn't know from the jump, and then the guy couldn't take it, I guess. Or who knows? The pressure of prosecution. Well, the pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about like billions, billions and billions of dollars, right? Yeah. Was it in, what was the, the number? What was the I don't total know, number? But it was definitely in the billions that it's I've like, heard. I think it was like yeah, 50 it's a known fact. Billion. Joe. Jesus Christ. It's a known fact. <laughs> So no fact, this fucking guy <laughs> lost more money. I'm smelling Bitsky. There's uh, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you what Eddie Murphy was? Eddie Griffin was saying after 9/11. But <laughs> a lot of people don't even know 
that they store gold under the World Trade Center. Oh, no. And the subways kept running 24 hours a day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he... He would get high and just say uh, crazy shit. He he actually thinks he's like a genius. And I he's, heard him one night at the at the store. And it, this is who who's going to argue with this bit? He goes, "We got to stop giving our kids in Compton guns and knives and educate." Like first of all, who gives the kids a gun? Hey, come here, Johnny. I want you to have a gun and a knife here. Go to, you know go to school. And he said, "We've got to start educating them. Give them pencils and papers and books. Like who the fuck is not going to agree?" <laughs> To educate kids. I don't think they need education. They Eddie, need guns and knives. Eddie Griffin definitely had some crazy times, but I've seen Eddie Griffin fucking destroy. Really? I saw him in his prime when he did his first comedy special. It was a short set, I believe. Like, I want to say it was a half an hour, but it might have been even less. He had a lot of confidence. God damn, he crushed. He fucking crushed. He crushed, and it was, it was a scary talent it was a scary level of talent and energy that he put out and i remember watching him going wow that guy is fucking good i remember thinking that like wow that guy's got a lot of power in his act you know his act was like scary it was like boom bang, bang. yeah yeah it was so good it was so dynamic the way he moved you know the way he paused and expressed himself and you know he had like Moments like that that make me think, like, if that guy just really dedicated himself to nothing but yeah. stand-up and really, like, went legit and I, went down the path. He had moments. If he could recapture those moments. Yeah, I agree. I think he had some mental issues, to say the least. He could be a little bit a little thumb. A little bit fucking dizzy. It's a known fact that... Uh, <laughs> A lot had, of people of he, his ilk, the stand-up comedian fellas, uh, a lot of you motherfuckers go crazy. It's a known fact. Yeah. Dom it's a known it's fact. Your mental illness and your being funny is not a coincidence, Dom Okay? It's well, a known fact. You know, Joe, you people think I'm paranoid. You think I'm paranoid. You don't think I see these people laying for me in the bushes <laughs> outside waiting to fucking stomp me? Eddie Griffin was fucking funny at one point. Man. I don't know. I haven't seen Eddie in a long time. I shouldn't say he isn't he isn't anymore. You know, who knows? Might be out there killing it. Uh, but I don't hear about him much. I know that he has a funny guy. Who's though. The one? Oh, he's, he's a warm the, guy too. Yeah, he does. A, he, a very he's warm. Got a good guy. heart. He's, he is a very very friendly guy. Part of his deal when he goes to a comedy club is he has to have brand new sneakers. <laughs> You ever, you ever hear this? Oh, I've heard yeah. I've heard things like this. I yeah. didn't know it was him. Yeah, I don't know whether they're, <laughs> I don't know whether they're Adidas or or I think whatever it is. It's a big company, and he has to have a brand new pair of white Michael Jordans or something. Mm, I think it's Nike. Nike, Nike. but uh, fucking hilarious. That's the man, well. the man that the guy goes. Well, I couldn't fucking find them. The well, me, if you like to wear, if you have a thing where you need to wear brand new sneakers right as you walk on stage, and that gives you like superpower. That might sound ridiculous, but if you were a young guy and you grew up poor, when you got a new pair of sneakers, that yeah. was like a really exciting thing. So it could be that by not wearing the sneakers until he goes on stage, like he like like he makes him feel like with new sneakers on, like it gives him a little extra power. And it sounds ridiculous, but I remember when I was a kid, getting a new pair of sneakers was like a big deal. So maybe for him, he like kept that tradition. Joe. And it's easier for him if they buy it. Like, I why don't you, you buy it? Because I want to change them right before I go on stage. I asked you before I came on a show <laughs> not to be insightful and intelligent. 
not to have any compassion for people. And there you go. No, you're I, right. That's a good thought. I try to right. have as much compassion for people as possible. I never Even people that. interrupt our pool game, Dom Herrera. Even <laughs> people that interrupt. I can't believe when we, a when we get racket. fucking serious here. <laughs> Dom Herrera and I, when we when we play, like we occasionally will joke around, but Dom plays very good pool, and uh, I play pretty good pool, and we we have some fun Dude. battles. It's really fun to get Joe, excited. Joe, about first it. of all, you play more than pretty good, not to get the same yeah, amount of Joe. It's a known fact. Joe's like I'm right a, below a, a consistent pro. B player. No, you're a consistent like. Uh, for a regular person, I'm an A player, but for a regular <laughs> pool player, I'm a B player. I just don't have enough time. No, you're more than an A player for a regular person. No, no, Joe, no. Joe, I, no, I no, never no, fucking no, played no. anybody that ran out nine ball like you. It's done. All yeah, the but time. not regular people. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, wow. I played a lot of pool in my life. I am. I beat. You know what? It's so funny. When I'm not playing against you because I get a chance to shoot more, Right. I play better. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But you, you sit the guy down. Tighten up. Yeah. You know, and then you want to get back on the table. I can run some packages, but I can't run packages like my friends can. So, like, I have the luxury of knowing Max Everly, who's, like, one of the best pool players in the world. Oh, you know yeah. Max very well. Me and Max, we spar every time I go to Vegas. And we, we, pool spar. Yeah. I mean, you know, play. He just fucking keeps me in the chair. The guy just runs out from everywhere. He's a monster. He's Max, a mon Max Everly is, like... World class. He won the straight pool uh, championships at the the Derby City Classic this year. What he run? It's one of the prestigious uh, pool tournaments in the world. I don't know what he ran. I mean, but he regularly runs a hundred balls. Yeah, that's I mean, incredible. That's yeah, he's a world class pro. He's a world class pro get... and a sweetheart of a guy. He's a sweetheart, Max. Yeah, yeah, what a nice guy. I miss that guy place. To be around. We used to have. You oh, know, yeah, I miss it too. What was that? Not Hollywood billiards. The Hollywood billiards. Yeah. What was the one before that that we used to go to by the gym? Right off of Hollywood Boulevard, across from the Cat and Fiddle. Remember? Isn't that Hollywood Billions? Well, then we went to another place on Hollywood Boulevard. What was that called? Remember? Oh. We went to two places for years. Two places. The second one. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The Boston the Athletic, Athletic Club. Club. The Athletic Club. Yeah, that's the first place we went yeah. to. Yeah, that place was great. That was great. That was a uh, a former athletic club that yeah. they converted into this giant pool hall. Yeah, because they had the track upstairs. I used to play in a Saturday tournament there. They used to have, when I first moved to L.A., they had a Saturday morning tournament. It was like started at like 11 a.m. I made I made like good friends there, that Saturday morning yeah, pool yeah. tournament. That was when I first moved here. That was a great place. Remember, they had the like the track along the top of it. Yeah, I remember we doubled one night. We took the girls to oh, that's so right, Sophie yeah. and was her name Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> I only remember her because she was hot. Isn't that sad? Oh, that's well, you know, it's not sad. No, but I mean, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, pool is a great thing on a date, except if a chick beats you. If a chick beats you, it's very depressing. Yeah, if a chick beats happen. you at pool, but there's a thing about a girl beating you at pool that's demoralizing for some dudes. It's funny to watch. I had a friend who said, will you shoot my girlfriend? Because she was practicing a lot. And she said to me, I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, my goodness. Right? So. First of all, how rude. She uh, she broke. And I ran the table. Ran oh, the table. Shit. Right? Yeah, it was fucking easy. It was those. Pockets like this. Oh, yeah, right. right? It's not like what we play when the ball just about fits in it. And, and I ran the table, and I go, eh, so much for kicking my ass. She goes, you want to play again? I go, no. Oh, I don't want to fucking shut play. it down. You say it's over. Yeah. You don't like that kind of attitude from women? I don't like kind of attitude from, from anybody. anybody. I don't like braggers and I'm going to kick your ass. But you know, that said, a ruin? woman that can kick your ass in pool, she doesn't have to be rude about it. Just a woman who can kick your ass in pool. Just it's let her play. humiliating for men. 
<laughs> a nice woman who's very polite who kicks your ass like that Allison Fisher woman. You know who she is? Of course. She'd kick my ass for sure. Easy. Mm. She'd kick my ass. Trust me, she's way better than me. Who's the big blonde? She was like a snooker champion, and she oh, came yeah. over to she came over from Europe and just dominated women's pool. In fact, here's the that's the real problem with pool's popularity. This woman, Allison Fisher, is probably the most dominant sports person ever in any sport, wow. in any game, in women's billiards. Yeah, I love watching her shoot. And it's not like there's only a few women playing women's billiards. Right. There was a lot of really good players. There was like, you know, not, everybody knows Jeanette Lee. Dragon. Because she's yeah. beautiful, yeah, beautiful she's Asian beautiful. woman. But there's like a whole gang of like top pros that would tour around the country. And this woman consistently beat all of them yeah. on a regular basis. She was like player of the year, like who knows how many fucking years in a row. She won the U.S. Open. Who knows how many years in a row? Like, or what? Not. Well, I don't know if it was the U.S. Open. Whatever the WPBA, right. whatever their version of like their national championship. She would win every year. No, I don't even monster. understand. Why are men better than women? Why are the top? doesn't make much sense. It doesn't but make any sense. It's just a coordination it, thing. It, do, it is and it isn't. Um, I mean, it, it can be overcome. Like women, like Allison Fisher, she could beat a, a man playing pool. Yeah, there's a few, but she she wouldn't beat the top pros. Most likely not. And it, there's a few issues I don't understand with why. spatial. Uh, intelligence uh -huh. there's something um to uh and this is like really theoretical stuff i think something to the way the male mind interprets uh -huh. 3d space that it is uh it's beneficial for certain things and pool might be one of them because uh after the break pool doesn't really rely on strength no and the average woman could easily uh stroke a ball about as hard as you need to you really don't yeah. ever need to hit it really hard outside of the break the break shot, especially in rotation games or eight ball, it, it becomes a big issue because if a guy can really smash the rack, he can make like sometimes you break and you make like four balls on the break. Like that, there's like this that guy Shane Van Boning, who's a fascinating character because he's the best, one of the best, the best pool player in America and one of the best players in the world. Really? Yeah, and he's deaf, and when he plays, he shuts his hearing aid off. And he's not good because of that, mm -hmm. but it is an added element. It's good because he's good. He's He practices relentlessly. The guy's, like, super dedicated. He's right. good because of that. But he's also got this added element where he can shut that thing off piece. and he doesn't hear anything. He doesn't yeah. hear anything. So when he's in pro tournaments, he goes That's into this fair. weird zone. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's, it's really fascinating because it's a form of sensory deprivation. And people have actually decided that it, it's, uh, it helps them so much that people started wearing, like, earmuffs and shit. Really? So yeah. <laughs> this is guy Earl Strickland. And, I know uh, Earl Strickland. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing player. He puts these, uh, these things that, like, the um, air traffic controllers wear. Yeah, yeah. These giant head things yeah. over his head. And he, he plays pool with those on. It's, <laughs> it's fucking gigantic. Just to, get, to even it off with Just the other so, guy. Yeah, so he what puts guys earplugs. One of his senses. Yeah, but he tries to recreate it. He puts earplugs in, too. Uh -huh. So he puts earplugs in, and then he puts these gigantic fucking earmuffs over the earplugs. And then he plays He plays like a man possessed. The, the, both of those guys, they play scary. Pool's, sure. it, at that level, pool is madness. It Did really you hear is. Willie Moscone? Oh, of course I've heard of him, okay. sure. because he was the guy that was the big deal in Philly. When I high was run kid. is trade pool, all-time high run. Really? I think it's like 580 balls. Oh, my God. Yeah. He ran it, but it was on. It's very controversial because he ran it on a 4 by 8 It wasn't a 4 and a half by 9 uh, is <laughs> That's that how true? much of a dork I am. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Luther Lasseter was table. a guy who, I don't know if you ever heard that name. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, was yeah, a, wimpy. a big straight ball. Player. Yeah. Yeah, man, if there was money in pool when I was a kid, I would become a professional pool player. Because I was enjoying it. There's Earl Strickland with the earmuffs on. 
because I was enjoying playing pool as much as I was enjoying doing comedy. But I wasn't good enough to like. Well, you do. Go you know, we talked about this. You would never have the time because you're you have too much of a career. If, believe me, if you were on a lull as a comedian, you could you could turn pro. But it's, if you could play four hours a day, it's so much time and so much effort. And the the guys that are that are playing that are at the like the highest level of the game, yeah. there's several notches better than me. It wouldn't be like an easy thing to even like do battle with those guys. It would take a long time. It you'd seems win, like you'd, it would. you'd win some nine ball games. Though. Well, thank you very much, Tom. That's no, you would win. Though. I mean, straight pull, a guy can sit you. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's just too bad that that game doesn't get like it's to me. It's like a form of meditation. It's like if I can get into the zone and I can block everything else out and I can move the ball exactly where I want it to go and I know where it's going. I know yeah. how to hit it. I know what speed to hit it and it gets to the right spot. There's a, there's a beautiful feeling to that. It's a it's a it's like a, a, a you're like enforcing this weird Zen state. Yeah. Enforcing this state where you you know exactly how many rotations a ball's gonna go. For people who don't play pool, they're like, "Should we shut the fuck up about pool already, <laughs> Joe Rogan? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I didn't fucking tune in for a fucking pool podcast, and you queers don't even talk about MMA, okay? John Jones broke his foot. You didn't say a word about it on your podcast." Well, I had to show you my shaky hand when you. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I got this uh, thing. Is that a nerve with, issue? Yeah. Like, what did you hurt? You hurt your shoulder. That wasn't as bad. Uh, I know. I never hurt anything. It's, it's something in the nerve. The chiropractor told me. He said, "You know, if it doesn't bother you, he said it bothers my friends more than me." Do you stretch out at all? At all, and do anything? Oh, like yeah. That? Yeah. You know, I dance in my house. <laughs> I do. I, I do uh, interpretive modern jazz. Do you do any athletics at all? Little uh, stair climber, elliptical machine? I don't like where you're going. <laughs> I got to tell you. I'm just saying, frankly, stretching it's very is, is very good for the pliability you, of the you, you limbs. Want a piece so it might of help this? your nerves. Do you want a piece of this right now? No, nay. I do Come not. Come on over here. Let me listen. Uh, if you uh, I, do, uh, I do the treadmill. Ah, I do. It's it's a shame when you can't tell if somebody ever worked out. That's <laughs> pathetic. Do you do anything physically? That's not what I meant. I, mean, I was trying to find out what it was and whether or not you incorporated stretches, especially no, stretches I do. to your shoulders. I, and I your especially spine. stretch on the road uh, after flights and all that, and you know, that's good. Yeah, I do the uh, people don't stretch like yoga anymore. things. A lot of oh, whatever, I, whatever I learned from the videos. That's my know. favorite thing to do before I go on stage. My favorite thing to do, I do yoga. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. I, I've tried a bunch of different things that feel good before I go on stage. Hard cardio is one of them. Hard cardio makes me high. Like when I really do like really hard cardio. You do that before you go on stage? Yeah, about a, two hours. I like to do it like two hours before. Especially before like it's a big show. Yeah. If I'm going to be thinking about it, I don't, don't want to trip It does give you energy, it. yeah. It, well, it not, not, doesn't do – it just releases some weird endorphin with me. Uh-huh. Where like I, if I do like a real hard cardio session where I just feel silly. I just uh, – it makes me sillier. Yeah, it it relieves me. It relieves me of like physical tension. It just makes me sillier. And yeah, I yeah. think when I whenever I can go on stage – and be in more of a silly mood, and the sillier I can feel, the the more funny I think things are, which is the more funny I when you get a kick out of it. Yeah, I am. the more funny I deliver it. Yeah, when you get a kick out of it, and when you're, you know, you're you're saying it in a way that's uh, that connects with people. Like sometimes, if you're like too upset about something and they don't understand why, yeah, yeah. it connects with people. It has to be uh, an honest. Uh, 
there's a, an honest balance for why you're pissed off or why you're happy. You know, like there's, there's got to be an honest balance. And if sometimes you know that weird feeling when you watch someone on stage and they're acting pissed off about something, but you know they're not really pissed off about it, and how oh, yeah, gross yeah. that is. Yeah. That this this airplane that, food. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. Like someone like just they just fake it. Like whatever it is. Well, what I Maybe hate it's is a, a fake laugh. Well, always yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You know. That, yeah. Like, and I can name you five people that do it, and I, I don't even want to get into that. Yeah, you know, you know when someone's mad for real, and you know why they're mad for real. Like, you feel it. You, you know when someone's mad for real. You know? When they really are upset. You yeah. know it. And you know when someone's faking it. And when they're faking it, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awkward. It's too much of an act. Yeah. And I know a lot of us, especially when you're doing it on stage, it's like you just, you're, you know, you don't. Either you don't realize that yet, or you know maybe you're just out of sorts that night. Yeah, could be you're out of sorts that night, and you just you have a, a bad set. You're not in the right mm -hmm. groove. I mean, I've we've all had those over the years. You know, I love weird... watching Joey Diaz because of that. Because Joey <laughs> is so fucking real. Yeah, there's not a phony bone in his body. And these motherfuckers. You know, he's just like so pure. In that sense, like... Oh, yeah. He's not trying to win anybody over. No. He's just trying to be funny to the people who love Joey Diaz. I think he just... He realized somewhere along the line that he was he's really good. He realized He that. really is, yeah. Yeah. He realized, but he realized that himself, and mm -hmm. he didn't give a fuck anymore. And when he didn't give a fuck anymore, it's like... That's when people, like, really wanted to hear more. And so all the people around him, like, if he had anyone around him that didn't believe in him at this point, they all really have fallen by the wayside. Right. You know, it's took it a long road for Joey to, like, get recognized as how funny he really is. Yeah, yeah. And along the way, a lot of people had a chance to work with that guy, and they didn't believe in him. Yeah. I was yeah. telling people about Joey Diaz in, like, 1998. I was wow. like, you're, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, this guy makes me laugh hard all the time. Yeah. He makes me laugh hard. I go, he doesn't give a fuck, and he makes me laugh hard. And they're like, he's too this, and he's too that, and this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and if you can't be in a sitcom, you know. Yeah, yeah. My agent called me up, and he said, do you like Joey Diaz? I go, I love him. He goes, you want to work with him? I go, anything. We're doing the Ice House at the end of July. That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be fun. That's a beautiful show. I might come and watch. You know what? I what day is that? I think it's 27, 28, if I remember in my... my uh, but a, a weird mind that I can remember good, shit. I don't remember why I walked calendar. into a room. Like I, I'm like I'm like a savant. What days are those? Friday, Saturday. Okay, it's not the 27th and the 28th. Whatever. See, I was wrong. My savantness didn't kick in. It could be the 24th and the 25th. Does that make sense? It could be that. What's the last weekend in July? The last weekend is that, and then there's the it, 31st and the first. No, that would be it. The 31st. The, and the, the first. one before that. The one before it. Damn, I'm not even gonna be around. I'm gonna be in Vegas. I want to see that. Are you go? What do you got coming? I'm going. That's I'm, a UFC. UFC. What do you got weekend? coming up, Joe? I'm doing Atlanta this week, the Improv, and then Hilarities in Cleveland. You ever do Hilarities? No, I have not. Uh, I'm looking no. forward to the Improv. I don't in think Atlanta. I did. Maybe I did. What What other clubs are in Cleveland? Is there an Improv in Cleveland? Yeah, there's an Improv in Cleveland. I think I did that. Hilarities is the, is one of the nicest clubs I've ever seen. Looks like a giant cruise ship. It's got everything. It's got a fucking martini bar, dancing girls, a sports bar. Theater, I did uh, one of the clubs in Cleveland. I think it was the Improv. I did it with uh, Heffron and Charlie yeah. Murphy. It's got it's right next to a strip club. I don't remember that. Oh, 
I go by we, there, there were like markings <laughs> in my life. We didn't have much time when we did this tour. I did this Maxim comedy tour way back in the day with Heffron and Charlie Murphy. It was really fun. Now John was feisty. He liked to fight. Did he? Heffron? I don't know. He never seemed like that with me. With we were always I, very friendly. I had with each to other. Co- No, no, not with me. Oh, but with I other had, people? Yeah. No, oh, no. Really? I, I I got along with him great. He's a great guy. Yeah. But I mean, we were out a couple times. I think he stopped drinking, but he wanted a fucking fight. I said, Joe, John, what are you crazy? Oh yeah, it was probably the yeah. booze, the yeah, demon in a bottle, that old demon, demon in a bottle. Yeah, but we uh, we did that place, and we we did a different place almost every night. It was really crazy. We were out for twenty. This was after twenty two gigs after the that exposure he got on that. Uh, yes, after yeah. he won, Heffron won Last oh, Comic Standing, right. and Charlie Murphy had just done the Chappelle Show. Nice guy, Charlie Murphy. Fucking yeah. sweetheart of a guy, so yeah. and as, as real as they come, and a great storyteller, man. Oh, Charlie yeah. Murphy will kill you in the green room. He'll tell you some stories mm-hmm. in the green room and just kill you. He's a, a natural storyteller. You know? See, that's a fun thing. You get to bring people with you and stuff. That's cool. Well, that wasn't my idea. That was yeah. It was something that Maxim and Bud Light put together. Oh, we, okay. we all just did it together and became friends once we did it. I was just... Right. I didn't know either one of those guys before we did the tour, so it was so lucky that they're both cool as fuck. Because yeah, yeah. Heffron is cool as fuck, and yeah, so he's... is Charlie Murphy. And that's how we met Tom Segura, too. Uh-huh. We were at the um, the the celebrity theater in Phoenix, right, right. and uh, Segura was the opening act. The lo- like they would do, Maxim would hire like a local act, like a you know a local pro, and they right. would do like ten f- minutes or so before the um, the show would start with uh, Heffron, and then it would either be me or Charlie Murphy. And um, most of the guys were good. They were all good, but one guy, well, like one guy was a dick. One crazy guy in Boston was a douchebag. <laughs> He was crazy Who and drunk. I don't know his name, man. He was hey, like do you remember Teddy angry Bergeron? and drunk. Yes, I do. Okay. When you said crazy in Boston. But they, they all were pretty good, but but Segura just really stood out. No kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. He went out there. I mean, the Celebrity Theater was a weird place, too, because it was in the round. Those those shows are odd if you've never done that before. And uh, Yeah, he went I've out, done it. He went out there and just... I did it with Lenny Clark. Laid it. He did? Yeah. Lenny Len- Clark. Lenny Clark and I. Now, he was a tough fucking Lenny Clark. He was fucking huge. He's a big fella. Not anymore. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. he's big like, he's a big man. But not anymore. No, he's well, now thin. he's thin. Yeah. You mean oh, but he's, he's in still, shape. Yeah. But he, was, he, was, I mean, he wasn't always fat, but he was big. No, he was like, big. When plus, he was you young. know he would fight. Oh, oh yeah. And he was... might have a little bit of the yayo in his system, too, before he <laughs> slugged you. Those guys were animals. Those guys, like, those guys, da- Gavin and Sweeney and Good Knox, animals. Knox Rogers. was a little bit later. Kenny Rogerson. Those guys were savages. They don't get nearly the credit they deserve. There should have been a time capsule that really captured that moment in comedy. Didn't they? Did, didn't somebody do a, a movie about them? Yeah, yeah. Franz Halamita yeah. did. It's pretty good. It was when stand-up stood out. Very good, actually. I mean, for me, I'm, I don't want to... Because it was so close to home, I guess it was much more impactful. Yeah. I don't want to oversell it, but I thought it was really fascinating. If you're a fan of comedy, I think it's brilliant. I'll just never forget how they didn't bury me in in Boston. They person. tried. No, no, they yeah. didn't. They really like. You could tell they, they we had an instant relationship, yeah. and Don Gavin gave me a great intro, and nobody tried the. You know, well, like, they didn't want to bury. If that's what you mean, like they didn't think you were a dick. They all loved you. Yeah, that's. Yeah. They were good to me. They would. They would think some guys were dicks, though. Yeah, and they would green light them. 
Oh yeah, you <laughs> couldn't because that was like a freight train of comedy. You couldn't yeah. fuck with that. They they greenlit Billy Crystal. They did that to Richard Lewis too. <laughs> Richard Lewis hid behind the stage till the audience left. There was these guys, man, and you know he was one of them that uh, for whatever reason they the they Crystal? generated well um, a little bit of Billy Crystal, but more Richard Lewis. They these guys generated a lot of hate. Yeah. At a certain certain comedians, like certain comedians, like were like this guy just ain't fucking funny. He's not fucking funny. You know, right, like right. I heard, I heard like club owners say that. I was like, why? Like obviously, some people like him. Like he obviously has a, like an audience, right? Well, yeah. You gotta like, but it's from his movies more than his stand up. Oh, I don't know about that with with Richard Lewis. Oh, I mean, Richard think, Lewis. No, no, I thought you were talking about Billy Crystal. No, yeah, Richard no, Lewis no. definitely a stand up. Yeah, but for whatever reason, there's like certain people that will love to hate that guy or disrespect yeah. his comedy. It's like everybody's got different tastes. And that's so hard for, like, some people who are fans of stand-up comedy to realize. That's why there's no best stand-up. Yeah, well, not always there's no best stand-up. You're crazy to look for it. Yeah. Like, don't even look for it. It's it, just, just, just enjoy what you enjoy. Because it's subjective. It's not objective. Like, if you, there's, a, there, the, there's a best 100-yard dash guy because the yeah. fastest guy wins. You can't yeah. argue. I think the third guy was faster. And there's some guys that all they – I mean, they want to see Gaffigan say anything Gaffigan says. There's some guys and gals that Gaffigan just fucking – for whatever it is, he hits their frequency. And for other folks, it's a tell. You know, and whatever it is, it is. And you can't get upset that that some guys like a tell. Like, oh, I don't even see it. I don't even see it. Relax. Don't concentrate on that. I know. You know, you just relax. Don't get angry. Yeah. <laughs> People love telling me that Dane Cook's not funny. They I love... know. It's like, okay, relax. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't have to think he's funny. Yeah. Apparently, he made millions of dollars because somebody thought he was funny. So. People get too much pleasure out of other people sucking. Yeah. That that is a problem. That's a weird thing with people. Yeah. That they get this weird pleasure out of other people sucking. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's interesting though. It's a it's a weird little side effect, a little hater side effect. It's jealousy. It's a combination of a lot of things. But it's so bad for the person who thinks it. That's what they don't understand. Like, it's a, just a massive distraction. You know, yeah. so it just takes away so much energy from your own life because instead of concentrating on this other person, you should be concentrating on your own shit. And if something bothers you, you should find a way, if at all possible, and that's, of course, it's some egregious offense or crime or some, some sort of sin against man and nature. Find some way to turn it into a motivating factor for you. If you yeah. feel weak because you see some guy like, you know, I don't know, name your fucking b mogul, Bill Gates on TV, and right. he's got a billion dollars in his underwear, you know, and you feel like, God, I can't even fucking pay my student loans. Smart. Figure yeah, figure out what, what the fuck you need to do so that you become so successful that you don't worry about Bill Gates anymore. Yeah. You don't have to be as successful as Bill Gates, but become enough of uh, a person who figures your way through the net of civilization to the point where you don't have to worry. Well, maybe for everybody has their own gradient. For some people, it might be just making a living is good enough. You know, for some people, it has nothing to do with how much money they make. It has to do with getting their fucking mind right. You know, going to mm. either going to a shrink or doing some yoga or going on a mushroom trip. Figure out whatever the fuck you need to do to get your mind right. Cause it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter anything that else is going on in your life. If you don't have your mind right. If yeah. you're not thinking about life clearly, you're gonna you're gonna make some shitty, stupid decisions. You're gonna you're gonna be annoying to almost everybody around you. 
You're going to fuck things up left and right. Get it together, bitch. Hey, you talking to me? No, not you. <laughs> Don Marrero, you know I would never. Are you, uh, so you're going to, to find Sasquatch? I'm going to find Sasquatch. Can we talk about that? Yes, we are. We can. Can't talk too much because it is top secret, Don Marrero. But for my new sci-fi show, I'm very soon in the near future. I'm going to go searching for Sasquatch in a very peculiar and particular location that has been known for a high volume of Sasquatch sightings. Is there, Dom Herrera. Is there a particular forest that he frequents? Perhaps. Is there more I than one? I can't say. I can't say. Is there more than one? I've said too much already. But we will be camping. And we'll be, we will be getting our freak on in the woods. I don't think I'd want to go camping, Joe. Yeah, maybe not. I'll tell you when I get back whether or not it was worth it. Well, didn't you go somewhere with Callan? Yeah, we went hunting in Montana. Right. Notice I said hunting with no G. <laughs> That's because I'm a hunter. It's, I say it so often, it just flows off the tongue. We went hunting. <laughs> you live by. You I live by your, a cold family. My railroad. <laughs> I make my own arrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was. Uh, did you ever see that Bo Jackson thing? What Bo Jackson thing? But he makes his own arrows. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he's fucking crazy. Oh, he's like a madman like, hunter and fisherman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a real outdoors he, he, a calibrator, and he's sitting there, and it's, it's, so that's his, his favorite thing in the world. Well, make, it's very fun, you know. The people don't want to hear that because they don't want you going out there killing animals. They take, oh wow, you can't say it's fun. You say that, you call that fun, man. Well, it's rewarding and beautiful, and it connects you to nature, and it's very humbling, and it's also, you know, it's a really intense thing, like making your own, getting your own food. You know, See, going like, out and hunting your own food is very intense. I don't, I don't think everybody should have to do it, but for me, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. I, I like five star restaurants. <laughs> I like being upgraded. Me too. These, all these things are good as well. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. too lazy to. I don't want to like pick up a tent. <sighs> I feel you. I feel you, bro. I'm not into it all the time. I, but I, I respect just, that you like it. But, no, you I don't know. like it. No, you just do it. It just I, just because I don't like it doesn't mean I'm yeah, not you went hunting it. with Brian. You must have liked yeah, that. Yeah, it was cold as fuck. We were camping out in the middle of the snow in Montana, it, in, or in the middle of uh, freezing weather. It didn't snow. It did rain one day though. But That's it was, worse than yeah. snow. Yeah, it's, you know it's miserable. But uh, I wanted to experience it. You know, I thought it'd be. Mm. I think we're so far removed from being in the wilderness that to have an opportunity, especially with like expert outdoorsman to go uh, out into the wilderness for five days. I'm like, I'm going, you know, this is, this is going to be wildness. Ari Shafir and I go on salmon fishing. We're headed up to the great white North of Alaska. We're trying is to get a right? date in Anchorage. Yeah. To go salmon fishing. Sure. You could get a date in Anchorage. Yeah. We're going to go, uh, hopefully, uh, go catch some fucking salmon. Damarera. Pull those swimming giant, upstream, those cocksuckers, giant monsters. Crazy fucking fish, powerful muscular fish. Show them how quick you are. Imagine how hard it must have been to eat fish back before people figured out rods and reels and spears and shit like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking hard to get a fish meal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what are you going to do? You going to grab it with your hands, stupid? Well, the idea of them swimming upstream, there were so many of them. You could, like, bat them out of the air. So ridiculous that that was, like, the choice for survival, that they would go all the way upstream back to the river yeah. or back up the mouth of the river. Not the brightest fish. Well, it's nuts that they live in fresh water and, and they also live in salt water. What a crazy brackish, animal. Brackish water. Yeah. Wild fucking animal. Is that a real um, thing that's been going around, this thing with human-like teeth? It's called a sheep shed. Sheep? Sheep, sheep, sheep? said <clears throat> Fish? Sheep said fish? Yeah. It's all over the internet. Yeah, fish are weird, man. 
they're out there breathing water and shit, swimming around. I watched a show today about a, a paddlefish. You know what a paddlefish is? No. It doesn't have any bones. Some weird prehistoric fish that lives in, uh, I think it was the Ozarks or something like that. I forget what they were saying. It's, it's a, wow. And the, the, you can't even catch them with, like, bait. The way you catch them is by having a line with a bunch of hooks on it. And you just drop it down and keep pulling it up. You keep pulling it up, trying to snag something. And that's it, if you snag it. And if you snag it, then you just pull it up to the surface. But you never, like, legitimately catch one, ever. You just got to snag one. I never heard that's of that. It's the only way to catch them. Yeah, they're enormous, and they have no bones. They're so weird. They're some sort of weird prehistoric fish. And the way they gut them, it's so strange. They make an incision, and then they pull out the spinal cord. They eat them? Yeah, they eat everything. They, and this, the, the row of, of these animals is apparently very much like um, sturgeon row, which is what caviar is, which is worth a lot of money. And so in order to make sure that they didn't uh, allow a market for this stuff to develop, even though it's legal to kill the animal and legal to eat the animal, it's only legal to possess its row on the dock. You can only either have it on your boat or on the dock. So you've got to either eat that row or throw it out. Why? Because you can't take it with you because you can develop a market for it. You can't develop a market for it. Because then the animal's row would be worth too much, and they would worry that even though you you know you have a certain number that you can kill in a day and eat, like they they say it tastes good, they say it tastes like pork. That's what they're saying when they they uh, grilled it. They said because you know, like a lot of people like have an aversion to eating it because it's a strange like it's almost like they have like uh, prejudices against it because it doesn't have any bones and it looks like it's a, a fucking billion years old. It looks like a crazy dinosaur fish. It's amazing they keep discovering new species and new fish. Have you fish. ever heard of a snakehead fish? Yeah, those are a real problem. They 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 have snakehead fishes in uh, fishes. Central Park. Snakehead fish have been spotted in Central Central Park. Yeah, thanks really? for finishing my sentence. Yeah, this they've um invaded in Central Park. How the fuck did they get there? Somebody had to bring them. Yeah, that's what that's what's going yeah, on in Florida, live outside right? Outside of water for a f- couple of days, which is the scary part. Yeah, they walk, it. dude. They walk. They <laughs> hey, walk. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> did you ever see that uh special about the Congo where I think that's where they live. I think where they live is in the Congo. Um it's the the, the to Asia and Russia is what this says. Is that yeah, what it is? That's what this article says. Well, they they're probably right. I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong, but there's a fish like it. It might not be the snakehead, but this is there's a video. Let me see if I can pull it up on YouTube. It's a BBC Congo, and uh, I've talked about it before. It's really a damn shame that this video isn't like one of those, um, you know, those Mother Earth or uh, Planet Earth DVD setups. Where they're they're super easy to get. Everybody knows about them, right? That's like if you want to see some cool shit on nature, those, the Planet Earth series is is amazing. Well, the the BBC one, the Congo one, really should be just as fascinating to people. It's really sad that uh, that for whatever reason that that video is hard to get a hold of. But in one of the scenes, there's this weird fish, probably similar to Snakehead, gets out of water and starts walking. <laughs> And you're like, I can't even believe this. It's, it just walks over to another puddle and then jumps in. You're like, mm-hmm. you're like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, this is a dinosaur. This fucking thing just did some dinosaur shit. Wow. I mean, we're literally seeing life evolve. That's that's what I mean. That's like the beginning of that, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to come out of that water yeah. and walk on the ground to better water. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what a freaky fucking snake fish thing. Whatever it is. What do they call a snake fish? 
don't know. I wonder what it's called in the Congo. Snake, snakehead fish. Um, the Congo is apparently like one of the densest, densest rainforests in the world. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that that fish is called. I guess it's not a snakehead. It's something else. But um, if you get a chance to get a hold of that documentary, I think it's just called BBC Congo. Let me Google it real, real quick. I think that's what it was called. There's something coming up for Mystery Fish of the Congo, but the video won't play. Well, there was also those ones that uh, – you ever watch that uh, show um, River Monsters? Yeah. That guy is badass. <laughs> that guy's yeah, a, that's cool. He's a fishing motherfucker. That guy went out in a wooden canoe. I used to think nothing of that show. I'd say, oh, it's the guy fishing. What's the no. big deal? No. This guy fishes how the locals fish. He got in this wooden boat, okay, with like a hundred hooks in it. Uh-huh. And they were in this like tippity-toppity boat. And they're dropping these lines in for giant catfish. So at any point in time, something could fucking grab one of those lines and right. pull those those fishing lines. And who knows how many hooks are flying in that guy's direction. And right. actually, people have died from that. Like, one of the people in this tribe died from that. He got caught in a hook and dragged underwater. Like, that guy is legit. Wow. And this is the other thing that he said. While he was there, there um, one of the, the people, one of the main people in the tribe, the chief, mm-hmm. disappeared. He was gone for a whole day. And they were seriously worried. And because they believe in bad spirits and bad omens, they they believe that he had caused the chief to disappear. And if the chief didn't come back, they were planning on killing him. They were going to stone him to death. And thankfully, the chief came back and everybody was elated because like, but he was like, you don't understand how close I came to dying. Like they, they would have tried to kill him because they felt like he was a bad omen and he created even if he didn't actively do anything to the chief, he created the bad luck that made the chief disappear. Here's your fucking canoe. You motherfucker. Remember that joke? What's that from? That joke. It was a stupid joke, but remember <laughs> a guy uh is captured by these savages and they're gonna eat him. Right. And he said, uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher the joke, but I just love the punchline. And he goes, <clears throat> Well, what are you gonna do with your skin? They go, we're going to make a canoe out of it. And he grabs a knife. He goes, here's your fucking canoe. He just punched holes himself. himself. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's harsh. It's a joke. That's a tough joke. That's a tough joke. I come from a tough neighborhood, Joe. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a known fact that 90% <laughs> of all queers come from your town. There's no retort to that. Oh, the best one is only two types of things that come from Oklahoma, steers and queers. <laughs> Somebody was the first guy to say that. I believe it's Somebody. queers anymore. Uh, the guys that still live there. Yeah. Still live there. He ain't nothing but a fucking well, you can't, boy. You can't call him faggot no more without starting a revolution. <laughs> Queer seems to roll off the tongue a tad easier. You sound like the mean Larry the Cable guy. The mean Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Larry Dice Cable Guy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You Mexicans know, can go ahead and suck my dick real quick. Here's how bad my taste is. Here's how bad a manager or agent I would be. Dan Whitney's his name, right? Larry yeah. the Cable Great guy. Great fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've met Homeboy. I was trying to talk him out of the Larry the Cable Guy <sighs> thing. 
Yeah. I was basically trying to talk him out of a life of a billion dollars. Oh, my goodness. I said, I said Dan, I, I love you. This character's strong, but, you know, you, I like your old character better. Uh, I don't know, oh, Dom. It's geez. doing pretty well. Boy, were you fucking wrong. Oh, I know. <laughs> Boy, were you fucking wrong. All right, all right. I have to say it twice for Jesus, Dom Herrera. Bad advice, Dom Herrera. Now you're coming down on me, Joe. You're throwing Who, me to the wolves. Has, that a guy, has a guy ever become like really good that you didn't see coming? Well, you saw him in the beginning, and you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. Because we, we, you know. I'll tell you who became really good off. that was that I, I was more surprised because he was so shy, and uh, Brian Reagan. Oh, Brian Reagan's very funny. Yeah, man. but see, Brian, I knew him since the beginning. He was a, like, 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old, yeah. that was an MC, and he was just, like, gracious and deferring <laughs> and not silly at all. Right. He was like a, he was like a classic, like, Tonight Show stand-up. Right. But none of the, you know, the Haley, the, you know, the, he's like all over the place, yeah. the character, you know, he's fucking brilliantly funny. He just knows how to be funny. It, it's his style, too. His, yeah. like, his style of being funny is so he's got his own uniquely thing, yeah. Brian, Brian Regan. Yeah, he's like one of the, there's like a few guys, like maybe three or four guys that are like squeaky clean, but that everybody agrees are awesome. It used to be Hedberg before Hedberg died. Everybody loved Hedberg, but what people forget is that Hedberg was squeaky clean. Really, he was, really, I loved him. Brilliant, he was brilliant. He he was a really an, an all time great for me. He's one of the few guys that else to this day, um, li like listen to his old stuff just to laugh. Yeah, you know, if I'm at the airport or something like that. I still love. Uh, he was on. Remember Full Frontal Comedy? Yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Hedberg was on. I remember one line he said, uh, "No matter how much I practice tennis, I'll never be as good as the wall." <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> The ball is relentless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he took like an old expression and made it a, a really funny bit. You know, playing tennis ball against the wall. Yeah. Like this fucking guy. He's playing tennis ball against the wall. You're never going to win. He told me. I, he turned it into like one of the yeah. funniest bits ever. Fucking brilliant. I was just in his home, like well, one of his towns, Austin, a yeah. couple weeks ago. He's from Minneapolis, isn't he? But he, was, so. like, he did a lot of comedy in Texas. Because oh, I met him in Houston. But they really are big fans of his down there. Yeah, he was awesome, man. He was beautiful. That guy was really great, fucking funny. Great stand-up. Yeah. He was really fucking funny. One time he offered me coke at a <laughs> at a uh, party in Montreal, <laughs> and he's such a nice kid. You know, I go, I, I said, uh, Mitch, I don't do coke. He goes, Tom, I'm sorry. I go, sorry. You're fucking generous. That's basically like offering me a two hundred dollars sweater. <laughs> no, it's nicey. It's just, it's just that I don't happen to do it. I'm not. I'm not judging it. He came up to me in Rochester, New York. We we met for, uh, and he was so proud that he was only drinking beer. You know, he wasn't doing drugs. Right. He said, he said Don, you know, I said, so basically, you're bragging to me about only being an alcoholic. <laughs> said, yeah, kind of. <laughs> There's a such a giant difference between those drugs and all the other ones, the opiates and oh, all the yeah. other ones. Those are the. They, I saw a commercial the other day for. Uh, some sort of a clinic for opiate addiction. Just talking about, you know, how easy it is to get hooked and all the different people that are hooked and don't want to admit they're hooked. And it was just showing you the examples of, you yeah. know. I would like to do it. I, <laughs> no, I would. I'm serious. I would love to do heroin if there was, you know, I mean, if there was, it wasn't so dangerous. Yeah. But I'd love the feeling because I don't want fucking, I don't want to be high. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be, like, methed out or anything speedy, cocaine. Right. Yeah, that's scary. I, you already know. I don't even drink too much coffee. 
but fucking mellow as I like. I like to be nodding off, <laughs> throwing up <laughs> with a, a sense of music. All of a sudden, I think I can work a song. Yeah, you just get to the root of things. Wouldn't you like to try heroin, though? Wouldn't you like to know what the feeling's like? I don't trust myself. I don't trust that I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I don't trust I don't trust anything. This is my rule, and I don't tell anybody what to do ever. But that's not true. Why am I lying? <laughs> tell the you whole world stupid, what to do. I'll, I'll tell you, don't <laughs> do it. Um, I don't fuck with anything that's addictive. I don't fuck with anything that can get you. You know, I don't even like coffee because coffee can get you. You're not and addicted I take, to pot? No. Really? I take weeks off a of pot Do all the really? time. Yeah. 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 All the time. That's fucked up. The only time I um, I absolutely smoke pot, it used to be before jujitsu, but it's before isolation tank. I almost always do it before that or before writing. A lot of times I do it before writing. That helps you? Yeah. Yeah. I like to, it gets me in a nice groove. It helps me uh, re- release my current grasp on reality. I just think when you, when you get an opportunity to look at things from like oh, coffee doesn't do that. Coffee sort of inspires movement, inspires like me to act, me to have energy to yeah. start things off. But for me, the the best inspiration is like a mental inspiration, like an inspiration where I, I can step away from it all and see it from a different perspective. So that's what a lot of times what getting high does for me. It allows me to just like move over to the next window you know i've been looking at things through the right. window of sober sustained reality let's move over and look at things from the oh look at over here what if you're kind of high and you relax a little bit you realize this is kind of funny really <laughs> and then you start poking holes at things i said right. i don't get funnier at all with alcohol i that's the only thing i ever do but I, it, one martini will get me funny yeah two martinis not, not so funny, funny. <laughs> It's really a big difference. I mean, it's really a big, it really, it, it, it just slows me down enough where I don't feel that fucking, you know, and keep yeah. it, bah, bah, bah. Oh, know, yeah. I don't, yeah. And one I can do. One is, yeah, like a little bit of a buzz, like a tiny little bit of a buzz. It's kind of nice. For I don't stage. get nervous. Do you get nervous at all? No. I get, um, the only time I get anxious at all is if someone I know is going to be there like me, but that makes me like usually perform better. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll be a little bit sharper. I'll try. I'll be a little bit more alert, which is everything, right? Comedy clubs I don't get. That. I mean, a theater sometimes, two thousand people is a lot for me. It's weird. It's a different yeah. sort of experience. Yeah, I did a trap in Atlantic City, and it's the only two thousand seater that I do, that that has so much of a meaning for me. I've done them in Canada, I've done, but like my family's there, my friends are there. It's my home, and that's right. that's a little fucking. That's where I'm, I get a little bit, you know. Yeah. I feel it in my stomach. It's a lot of fucking human beings standing in front of 2,000 fucking It's a lot of material, too. An hour and ten. Yeah. 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 It's fun, though. There's no better gig on the planet. It's so fun. I've done so many different things, but there's nothing like the comedy. Nothing like the stand-up. Nothing like the stand-up either as uh, an audience member. Like, I like a lot of things. Yeah. You know, obviously, I like... uh, different sports and i like mma and uh, i like going to movies but i like going to see a go- a really great stand-up i it's love fun, yeah that. it's fun it's when so you can fun. laugh and be separate yourself from yeah it. i, I the and other... to get excited is still i like when i see someone who's really good i want to go right yeah yeah definitely oh yeah 100 percent. i was at laugh factor the other night and it's funny because it was the comedy store first and i didn't feel like i i, I canceled friday i never canceled i was just beat i, I like right. well, 
And I said, and Bill Burr said something that I've been thinking. He goes, I just don't have anything to say tonight. I don't feel funny. I don't feel it going on. And I thought, thank God. You know, it's not, it's, it's Bill saying it, you know, somebody I respect so much. And I, I was fine at the comedy store, but by the time I got to the Laugh Factory, I was juiced. Right. I was ready to go. Yeah. And I loved it because it was, I'm seeing all these college students laughing at me. And, you know, it's a very young crowd. And there was four 20-year-old girls right in the front. And I go, when would I ever get a chance to talk to you? <laughs> I said, when, I'm, I'm like three feet away from you, four 20-year-olds. I said, you, go, you have to listen. If I came up to you at a bar, you go, get lost, pops, you know, before I report you to the manager. And it's it was, funny. Yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah. But I'm still driven by that, that that ego with of sh- uh, showing off in front of pretty girls. Is really that, that – that, how much of a factor is that in your – it, It's a factor. It's I mean, I get a kick out of it. Right. I get a kick out of making them laugh and, you know – I mean, yeah. you know, also like tough guys, something, if I can crack like a, a guy who looks like a gang member, I, you know, I see him at the fucking, just got the whole gang member Dodger jacket. So you just like little challenges. Yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the fun of it, for sure. I just think it's amazing when you can translate to other groups, you know? I mean, let's face it. If I was fucking stuck with Goombas my age, I'd be dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You have to translate. You have to go across generations. I've, my favorite is old ladies that laugh at me. Isn't that great? That's my favorite. When you yeah. see them fucking crying. Yeah. Like if you see like a girl, like sometimes like a college kid will come out with her grandmother. Uh-huh. And you see them both <laughs> laughing at a jizz joke. You know, the first time in her life that, you know. So you'd be amazed. I mean, especially because the old ladies today, they're like, you know, they were around the 70s and the, yeah, yeah. the 80s, you know. Right. And now they're in the 60s and 70s. They're uh-huh. coming out to comedy clubs. Like they have... Pretty goddamn good sense of humor. Yeah, right. They didn't grow up in an innocent. In the depression. Up... They didn't grow up in the depression. That's yeah. the difference between, you know, our parents' parents. Right. And and these people that are coming up today. Yeah. It's a, this is a more relaxed bunch. They grew up with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. There's, I, I've, I've had a lot of, like, older gray-haired folks come up to me after shows. and Isn't that it's, great? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. See, this is no reason to not just enjoy yourself and have fun. Like, oh, this is like... We have a lot of self-imposed restrictions on the way we view things and the yeah. looseness in which we approach things. And a lot of it is just because people have to work. You know, they have to be serious because they have to work all right. day, shitty fucking jobs all day. It's hard. It's hard to It's hard to really, like, have time to step back and make fun of it all and step back and look at it for what it really is. Some weird temporary state that could end at any minute. Yeah. You know, it's got to be a, a weird thing. To be a person who's an old person who's just locked and rigid and set in their ways and not seeing the end coming like a goddamn freight train just yeah. rolling down the track. And they're just... Don't be getting philosophical with me, Rogan. Acting cunty and yeah. fucking... I know, what a waste all. of fucking energy in life. We know a lot of folks like that, though, huh? I think it's funny the guys who won't talk... You know, don't they don't talk a certain way in front of women, and yet they have no idea that the group of women are fucking... Pigs. Pigs talking about fucking sucking <laughs> cock and all this shit. Uh, yeah, there's some guys that are just, there's under, they don't get the it. The boys club guys. Some guys don't want to know either. There's, there's some guys that don't want to know that women, you know, like some guys want like really innocent. Women it's a fantasy. Joke women that don't even that. exist. Well, maybe yeah. they just want to find that one girl from Wisconsin who came here and hasn't been spoiled yet, Tom Herrera. Yeah. You ever think about that, pal? Yeah, I did. All right. Okay. Okay. Don't jump down. Don't get fresh. Did you ever hear the... Whatever happened to fresh? Joe, don't give me the business. (laughs) 
give me the business. Whatever again. happened to fresh? I think we should bring that back. Like, don't get fresh. <laughs> I think that is a nice thing that you can say to people. Jamie today it's is right. on the podcast. He wants oh, to be... Christ. First Why do you he... let him on the podcast, first of all? I, I thought that, it, he wanted to come. Frazier Smith was on. You're a beautiful man, but that's a terrible idea. I, he, he, was, he was doing a filibuster. He, I said, you Jamie did? He, would tell, he was telling the guests to shut up. Buddy, listen to me. I've been running La Factory since 1975. <laughs> I work. I work for <laughs> Hold On, Buddy. He kept saying to Frazier, shut up. I said, you can't have a guest on and tell him to shut up. He's a fucking guest. He was brutal. So many people that podcast I did with you and him, they were like, please don't ever bring him on again. (laughs) It was like the majority of the comments was like, who the fuck is that guy? And why is he on with Joe and Dom? I told you what they said, too. They go, we think you're... Not the majority. I made that up. We think you're funny, but you got to lose the little Mexican. They're calling him a little Mexican. Why why are you blaming this on Mexicans? He's he's Iranian-Jewish... Yeah, through Israel, but what a fucking character. That is being really shitty at being racist. Thinking he's Mexican, it's like you're a racist, you just suck at it. You even suck at being a racist. What do you do with the fucking Mexican? Like, <laughs> like as if he yeah, looks right. even, buddy, listen to me. When I, I was in a small country a long time ago... <laughs> Yeah, that sounds exactly <laughs> like a Mexican. I hear... <laughs> buddy, listen to me. Listen, Damarera been working La Factory since 1976. Every year was he, sooner. He gets younger when he yes. came over here. Buddy, listen, I was six years old. I, I was toddler. I came on by myself. Buddy, I bring microphone. <laughs> I sneak them in my underwear <laughs> as I come to America. That silly bitch. Those buddy, hey, he's still kicking, man. Still out there oh, supporting stand-up. If it wasn't for guys like him, uh, people that own comedy clubs, they're all crazy. But you have to be crazy to own a comedy club. He loves it. You know, he uh, loves comedy and he loves the... There's a few people that, like, um, they drive comedy in, yeah. in this country. You know, Wendy from Colorado, from oh, uh, she's Comedy great. Works. She's she great. drives comedy in Colorado. What a story. She was yeah. a waitress. She ends up owning the club. She's awesome. She's a yeah, beautiful she person, is. too. But she drives comedy in Colorado. Like, she was one of the reasons why, like, when I wanted to escape, it was Project Escape from L.A., when I was looking at a place to go, Colorado was one of my choices. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons being is that she has, like, a real comedy scene there. It's, like, a legit comedy she scene. She does. Great she's got, Yeah, she's got open micers all the way up to headliners, like, local headliners. Mm-hmm. And she works those guys. Like, she has, like, a whole, like, rotation. And, you yeah. know, this, you're allowed to do 10 minutes, and here you're allowed to do 15 minutes. And... She develops comics. She has open mic nights, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people forgot about open mic nights. Yeah. Jamie still has them. It's beautiful. You have to have them. Yeah. You have to have them. They're so important. It's The problem is a place like L.A. where everybody thinks they're fucking funny. Yeah. You know? Which everybody sucks in the beginning, but some people suck to the point of no return. You didn't, did you, you didn't suck at the beginning, did Fuck you? yeah, I did. It was terrible. I didn't. You were awesome? No, I wouldn't say I was awesome, but I think I didn't suck because I was already over my nerves because of acting. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have much of an act, but I don't think I, I think I always could bail myself out. I don't want to sound like a jerk off and saying it didn't suck, mm. but I'm sure I would think I sucked. But I don't, I'm not that big a fan of mine today. So I was very socially anxious before I did stand up, but I also was able to teach martial arts classes, and uh, because I had taught so many martial arts classes, um, I had like a little bit less fear. Of talking that right. I probably should have had. Sure, you, at least you're doing public speaking. Yeah, I I I had conducted a class. I did many classes. You know, that's what I was doing for a living. How far did you go in martial arts? Too? 
when I was 19, I was teaching um, Taekwondo at Boston University. I was black belt. When I was uh, in Taekwondo, I was black belt, I think, when I was 16 or 17. So probably 17, somewhere around there. And uh, I won the Massachusetts State Championship like four years in a while. No kidding. Yeah. I won a couple other... So good for your head too. Yeah. So well, not, not really. If you get hit, no, I mean <laughs> the emotional head. <clears throat> well, it was for me. For me at the time, it was big. But the uh, the teaching, it was um, really satisfying. Watching people learn things. That's what I, I learned. Uh, I, I really love uh, sharing things, and I also learned that in sharing, um, like teaching techniques with people, I really concentrated on my own techniques. Like, uh, I think a lot of my kicks and a lot of my movements got even sharper because I was teaching them to people. Like, I was breaking them down, right. showing them how to do them from scratch. And then I had, like, a few people. There was this one girl that I uh, trained. She came in as a white belt, and then she got all the way up to, uh, I don't want anybody to get mad at me, but I believe it was yellow, green, blue, red, black. I think that was a, the thing. And she got up to blue, which was uh, pretty, you know, pretty high. And um, means you're starting to compete against people that are, you know, they're dangerous. They can kick you in the face. Mm -hmm. You you could get crazy. And she won this tournament, and I was coaching her. So I coached her from the time she was a white belt all the way to the time she was like a blue belt. Oh, that's cool. That's really Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And she was a young kid. She was in high school. And uh, she was uh, was really talented. She just knew how to listen. She knew how to listen, and she knew how to do, like, what what I explained. She could, like, and she was, like, super focused. It was really interesting teaching someone something and seeing something like someone completely dive into yeah. uh, something that you, you you appreciate and watching them get better at it. So rewarding to be able to pass that on. I, I, I always used to remember like my instructor um, when like there was guys that were like, really good in the class and they, they did something really good, you know, whether it was a, a sparring mm-hmm. demonstration or whether they, uh, you know, did a drill on the bag or something like that. He had this beam of joy in his eye yeah. when he saw you do it really well. Like, you know, like it, when you really did, yes, that's it. He would get excited and like that, like you could see this, like I didn't understand it then. But when I started teaching, I realized like there, you're like taking part in someone's joy by helping them create something, by helping them f- yeah. create these movements and figuring out how to do these movements correctly. That it's not just like learning how to kick. It's like it's like tapping into this this area where you have control over the whole package, even for just a brief moment. Yeah. And in doing that, like there was a, there was a phrase that they had from the Taekwondo uh, brochure when you signed up that I um, I never forget. It said that it was a vehicle for developing your human potential. So like that's that's how I thought wow. of it, and that's how I like would teach it. So when you were teaching that, you like. It's like I had an opportunity. I always felt like I had an opportunity to show somebody something that can change their life. You know, I'll show, show yeah. you what changed my life. I'll show it to you, and you right. can do it too, and it'll change your life too. You, you, you will literally become a different person. You know? Yeah, I taught fourth grade, and now those kids are grown-ups. Wow. And that's really cool because some, some of them told me it was the best year of their lives. They come to see me do stand-up. Oh, that's amazing! It's very cool. What were you teaching? What, what? fourth grade taught you know everything? But oh, fourth grade is like different math, than, science, everything. I mean, yeah, it's different than what you did because you went to some people who had like an interest and a love for something and wanted to explore it. You, yeah. What you were doing, but mine is different. They had to be there. So right. I, I, my thing was self, about self-esteem. I figure I can't teach you know, these subjects are going to come and go in their lives, but teaching them self-esteem and some of the most rewarding things were like. Uh, I had this one kid, he was real shy. He was so shy, he was real tall, and he was embarrassed by it. 
and he would stay in the cl- in the cloak room, cloak room they'd call it, uh, you know, with all the coats, and he'd just stay in there. He wouldn't come out. I go, Sky. We used to call him Sky King because he was a space cadet. I go, Sky, you got to come out. You can't stay. I can't let a kid just sit. And, you know, and his, by the end of me just like working his his self esteem and all, he was in the middle of the class, just with everybody else waving his hand. And <laughs> and his mother came up to me and she was like really touched by it and told me that I changed his life. Wow. And you know that kind of shit's cool. And now I got like a couple of the girls come to see me. And she goes, one of the girls goes. Uh, Mr. Herrera, why did you let us do so much stuff? You know, like uh, I said, because you were smarter than me. I said, she what do you mean? I said, look, you know, I was I had more knowledge because I was an adult, but you know, you kids, a lot of you have more brain power than me. I I know I wasn't dumb. I was smart enough to know that I wasn't. That's why you ran the class. You know what I mean? So I, you were an easy teacher. That's what you're trying oh, to say. Oh, really easy. <laughs> I told them at the beginning of the year. I said, look, I want this to be the most fun year of your life. Only you wow. can mess it up. I what said, a fucking awesome opportunity yeah. that must have been. And I said, I want to go to the gym. This is when I was playing basketball. I said, I want to go to the gym more than you do. So, the re, you know, we're going to have a party every Friday afternoon. I would have, we'd have like kids that would do break dancing and stuff. And Really? Yeah, it was awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was great. Did you ever try to pitch that as a sitcom? Uh, no, but somebody else had an idea for it a couple times. With that would be a hilarious sitcom. That seems like a natural. Yeah. You as a as a, a funny teacher, because you really did it. It's legit, and if you really stop and think about it, that would be like for a kid. That's like one of the greatest rolls of the dice a kid can get for their fourth grade teacher. Yeah, I had a girl. Yeah, Dom Herrera for your fourth grade teacher. She still calls me Mister Herrera. She's twenty six <laughs> years old, right? Twenty six, twenty seven, whatever. Uh, and she calls me Mister Herrera, right? And I go, uh, Teresa. First of all, you're taller than me. She's hot blonde. I go, stop with the Mr. You can call me Dom. She goes, I just can't call you Dom. Isn't that funny? Like, she's got got me down as Mr. Rarera. That's good. That'll keep you from being a dirty bird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stay away, Dom. You've known her since she's a little girl. Let her talk. Call you Mr. Rarera. She's trying to establish boundaries. Somebody said, why do you go out with girls so young? I go, because I can. Come on. (laughs) Bum, bum. Oh, jeez. Oh, is this thing on? Is this on? Is the sound system working here? <laughs> Hello? That was one of my favorite bits of yours. Ooh, ah, Not, I mean, it wasn't even like a, it was like almost like an interstitial. It was like, do it so sometimes you throw it in between yeah. jokes that kill. Hello, come on, folks. Give a little. Get off your high horses. Even jokes that were killing, you would throw that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember Nathan Lane? Nathan Lane. He's an actor. Yes. And he wasn't to, he in like a musical? Yeah, I've been a bunch of them. He's, he's great. He's, he lives in New York. He was in the producer's. I should he was in La Caja Fall. But anyway, he used to give me, he used to, had a great, his great memory. And he would, I would do that Fritzy Anderson character and he would remember shit. He goes, get off your high horses. Cause I would go, get off your high horses. Come down up your exalted mountains. Retreat from your petite plateaus. Come on folks. Ooh, ah, ooh. And it was just so much fun to do. Cause it was so physical right. and, and loud. It was like, we used to kill my voice. What do you call a dog with no legs? Nothing, no matter what you call him, he ain't coming. <laughs> Where did I lose you? you... <laughs> Hello? Yeah, having characters that you can just bring back like that is always fun. Too. Oh, that was a fun character. It was just like, all it was was a, a conglomeration of every lounge mountain comedian I've ever seen. You know, like the, the sappy songs. I write the jokes to make the whole world smile. Ooh. You know, that kind of guy. <laughs> I had a, a nightmare last night, I guess it was last night, that I bombed on stage in a, a hell gig in Long Island. Wow. Very specific. Oh. 
God, because Long Island uh, was uh, I did a lot of hell gigs in Long Island. Did so, you really? Yeah. Yeah, you, but some, you, some you've done more. brokerage and governors and yeah, yeah, good. I did the nice places yeah, too. Yeah. But I also did Fast Eddie's in Huntington. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was when I my manager uh, I got my manager convinced to let me uh, be dirty because Jeff, of, Jeff, Jeff, uh, initially Jeff, you've was, been with Jeff a long time. Yeah, right? from the beginning, he picked me up when I was a scrub. He picked me up wow. when I was an open micer. We've been together forever. He's the best. He is the best. I, but I love him too. He's he's my friend. You know, it's yeah. not just a manager. He's the best oh. manager, and I love him. Yeah. But uh, in the beginning, you know, we were still trying to figure it out. I was only like twenty something years old. I didn't know shit, and like maybe you should be clean. Like that was back in the day where everybody should be clean. You know, and I'd done some clean sets too. Like he asked me to do one. I think he asked me to do one clean set for him. So I did a clean set at like Catch a Rising Star. But then we went to. Um, um, uh, the, the place that was way out, was it East side? Yeah. East side comedy club went out. I did a set out there and then we did a set at this fast Eddie's place. And this fast Eddie's place was a dive. And there was a dude named George Gallo. I don't know if you remember him. No. But he was on stage and he was a real physical act. And he was doing this thing where he would do a reverse shit with a banana. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the old reverse was, shit. Was, I guess he would like put the banana like fully formed on his lips and then suck it back into his mouth or something like that. And he called it a reverse shit with a banana. He was, and so Jeff, I'll never forget. He looks over at me and he goes, you don't have to do this. I'm going to get you out of this. Uh, and I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> I told him, I go, these are my people. I go, trust me, <laughs> we're going to be fine here. I know how to make these people laugh. Uh -huh. And so I went up and did my hell gig material, you know, because I did so many hell gigs. That's when already. you started being dirty again? Well, it was the one he he was convinced. He gave in watching that one set in this crazy nightclub. Like, it was the end of discussion whether or not I should be clean. He goes, okay, we just got to concentrate on just go all dirty. <laughs> See what he said? Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. Having a guy like that... Uh, as a manager, it just takes all the worry out of like career and yeah, yeah. handling things, you know, like you got a relationship like that with a guy, you love the guy like family and yeah. he's also your manager. It really alleviates so much, you know, I just, always I just the world so lucky. Jeff, he's the Jeff, best. Yeah. He's the best. So Chandra, they're the best. But I just got so lucky that I met them. You know, there's a lot of kooky faces out there, man. Yeah. a lot of crazy fucking people in show business. I mean, how many Looney Tunes managers have we met? How many people off the deep end? How many oh, yeah. people that fucking swindle people and wind up stealing money or owing money or embroiled in controversy every other oh, year? Yeah, and Lenny Clark got fucked. Oh, he got fucked that? hard. So did uh, so did Jerry Seinfeld. He got fucked yeah, in right. that as well. Yeah, a lot of guys did. Some agent stole yeah. hundreds of thousands. I know of who dollars. it is. I know. Oh, I'm not gonna dirty, name him. Here, dirty but... sacks of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny business wearing Tom Herrera. You and I have known each other for a long fucking time now. Yes, me brother. Twenty years, twenty years of nine ball too. You'd think well, I'd be a little better. A lot of fucking pool, Tom Herrera. Really There's need to a lot of pool. Concentrate on your stroke. We're we still gonna shoot tonight. Fuck yeah, bitch! Come on, son. I got, I got two young. hours in me. That's all. That's all you need. Two hours is the. Per, that's two. what the doctor ordered, son. I gotta, I gotta, make, I gotta tell you now, Joe. Damarera, relax over here. Um, Damarera, where can the folks see you next? I'll be at the Improv in Atlanta. Thir this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then the following. I didn't even know the Atlanta that they had an Improv. Yeah, in they heard it's nice. They is this new? Pretty new, yeah. Wow. You want to hear how I got the gig? Which how is did funny. you get the gig? I was doing a a benefit for uh, animals. It was for Alan Havey and for animal shelters. Alan Havey. And I wow. didn't even know what it was. I just went in because it was Alan. 
And I said, I thought maybe Alan needed money. And then they go, no, it's for dogs and cats. I go, fuck dogs and cats. I'm kidding, Whoa. you know. But uh, anyway, so then I get a call the next day. And I've been wanting to go to Atlanta. And uh, Bud Friedman called and my agent. Isn't that funny? But, oh, Bud Friedman's opening this joint? Well, he's booking it, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wow, I didn't know Bud booked things anymore. Yeah, I he, does. He, had, he, he does. He does, like, Reno and Tahoe and a couple oh, things. Oh, he had, like, had something at the improv like, a couple years ago where he was, like, officially retiring. But he always does. Yeah, you know what it is? It's probably too fun for him. Yeah. This guy's been in the fucking business his whole life. Yeah, you know, yeah, he can't give up. I mean, he comedy. loves getting up and, and yeah, saying he hello. He does. And, and it, you know what? And comedy's a great fucking thing to still be a part of. It's a fun thing to still be a part of. Yeah, it is. And I'm at Cleveland the following week. I'll tell you hilarities. Then I'll be in Kilkenny. If you're a stand-up comedy fan, I don't think there's ever been more funny guys around than now. I don't think so either. I think it's one of the I best agree. times ever. This, this, yeah, there's I mean, so many good people. Yeah, men, women. There's so many. There's so many funny chicks. I think there's more funny chicks now than ever before. Yeah. Ever before. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think was at Sarah Silverman the other night, man. She fucking. She's hilarious. Me. Just hilarious. her and Beautiful Amy Schumer. Too. I think they rank up with the funniest chicks of all time. I don't know Amy's work. I Bonnie McFarland does as well. She's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, she's hilarious. She's very smart. You know, she's a very smart person. She sees things. She points out things, and you, you know, you, they make sense. Right. You go with it. It's good. Her and her it's great stuff. Oh, hilarious! Richie Voss. Yeah. They, they. You ever heard the podcast? She gives me anxiety. She tortures him. Does she really? She tortures him. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm like, Rich, just shut, just shut the fuck up, just please, Rich. Well, she's hotter. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And smarter. Yeah. Than I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny podcast. The be the best comedy couple by far is uh, Segura and Christina Pazitsky. Christina Pazitsky. You don't know her? I think I Tom do. Segura's wife. Dude, that chick is fucking funny. Yeah. We did one of Sam Tripoli's shows. You know, Sam Tripoli had right. that naughty show, and Sam Tripoli's naughty shows. If you've never seen him, he does these shows at the Improv, and uh, they're not just comedy. There's like all kinds of craziness to it. There's like, porn stars. And yeah, stuff, right? porn stars. They were like they played some thing where uh, if the guy got the question wrong, the porn star beat him with a belt. So. This chick is like beating this dude's ass with a belt, and everyone's screaming and going nuts. And then, boom! They bring Christina Pazitsky on stage, and is I she was. Not? She's very pretty, yeah. yeah, but she's not like a porn star looking chick. She's yeah, like yeah. a very pretty regular chick. Right, right. So, um, she goes on stage, and by the way, don't ever ask me if my wife, my friend's wife, is hot. That's I didn't rude mean to as put fuck. you on the spot. I just but you did, you that. son of a bitch. Yeah, but you, you, but she's, you bought yeah, but it. She's very pretty, but you handled it well. You yeah, said she's pretty for a regular. Chick. So it wasn't right. like she was selling sex. She right. was just selling funny. You know, she was going up there and being funny. I mean, she she doesn't she dresses like you know like anybody. Nice ass. I wouldn't say it was a bad ass. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be as respectful as possible, Mr. Rare. What I'll do respect. Okay, and uh, anyway, she goes up there, and I'm thinking, man, I just meet her, right? And she's with she's with Tom, and I'm just like, you know, she seems so nice, and now for sure she's going to go eat dick up there. It's going to be terrible. How do you follow uh, that? Right. The guy just beat a, a dude's ass with a belt, and everybody was screaming. How do you follow that? He took his pants down? So I, I want to say yes. I want to say, at yeah. the very least, like his underwear was right, out. Right. Like he had his underwear on, and they, they beat his ass with a belt. Like he got mm -hmm. fucked up. That dude got hurt. Anyway, um, she crushes. Crushes, just grabs it, makes fun of it, makes fun of the whole situation. Relaxed, gets to the, gets to it on her own due time. Just controlled the whole room like a pro. It's so nice when you see that, you know. Yeah, when yeah. you're like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Because <sighs> there's nothing worse yeah, than a, befriending someone uh, and then you know you've never seen them before and you almost yeah. like 
those those weird um, pop in nights yeah. at the improv where you know like a lot of times like on those Wednesday and Tuesday night shows like there's some, some of the people in the crowd will, will be supporting the guy who's on stage and they bring like 10 people with them right yeah well, so I you had, never know I, I brought a girl uh, I didn't bring her there but she was she lives in Chicago and the laugh factory was is in Chicago and I was doing it and she asked me if she could do some time cuz her family's there I never oh even God. saw her on stage oh no but she's hot Thank oh, God. She, no. Not only did she bring her family, she brought a shitload of people. And she did very well, and she's really hot. Wait a minute. She's good? I wouldn't say she's good, but, I mean, she's probably not, like, in Christine's, Christina's class. Yeah, Christina's position. But uh, she did very, very well. I mean, she's a newcomer. You know, she's really, really green. But, I mean, like, all, all it was was just, like, me going, yeah, you're hot. Fuck, yeah, do seven minutes. What do I care? You know who impressed me the most uh, doing, like, a pop set like that? Little Esther. Little oh, Esther she's in great. Chicago. Yeah. She did the Chicago Theater, Don. There was 3,400 people there, whatever wow. the fuck it seats. It's more than 3,000. I don't know how many would seats, but it's more than 3,000. Yeah. She destroyed. No kidding. Yeah, she's good. She was funny on the podcast, too. Yeah, there's so many funny fucking people today. This is crazy time. Crazy time to it be It came back, you know? I mean... Fuck yeah, dude. Better, I think it's better than ever. Uh, yeah. I really do. Look, look, Kevin Hart, I mean... Um, uh, Think about uh, Brian Callen, Nick DiPaolo, I mean, uh, Jim Brewer, uh, Bill Burr. David Tell. David Tell, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., um, uh, Tosh. Just stop right there. I mean, look at how many guys you're dealing with there. I mean, okay, Patton Oswalt. You can't forget Patton Oswalt. He's one of the best. Yeah. There's so many good guys right now, man. There's so many fucking good guys. You know who fucking makes me laugh, though, even though he's not a traditional stand-up? Who? Andy Kindler. Oh, he's hilarious. Fucking kills he, me. He is a traditional stand-up. He's just... Well, you know what I mean. He just makes fun of stand-up. He makes fun of... It's, it's, yeah. Like, he does so... He, when he bombs, he does better than when he's doing good. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> he's, he's the funniest bomber ever. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's quite a character, that guy. Yeah, we we live in good times. This is great times for comedy. And, you know, the fact that everybody has a podcast now, I think is awesome. I just think it's one of the most amazing things ever that all these different people have something that connects to the act. You know, like you get to see the person, like instead of just seeing the jokes on stage, you get to see the unfiltered human being. You know, you get to see them fuck around with shit, yeah, yeah. talk about serious shit, talk about not so serious shit, bust balls, be silly. Maybe sell a little ting. Sell a little this, a little that. Is it wrong to bring up ting? A ting. If you go to rogan.ting.com, there's a little something in it for you. A little something in it for yourself. Okay? Squarespace.com. Go there too, you fucks. <laughs> you fucking whore master. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to like, uh, what is the Squarespace uh, Squarespace URL? Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, Who is that from? Motherfucker. Uh, that was from uh, Billy Cri no, Joey, uh, Pesci. Joey Pesci. from. Yeah, uh, motherfucker. You motherfucker. He told me that uh, Pesci came in to see his goddaughter at the Lab Factory, and I, he thought I was going to go up. So he agreed to do my, my radio show. I had a radio show there at the time, two years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Uh, he goes, I says, I'm not going on, I'm tired. He goes, well, if you're not going on, I'm not fucking doing your podcast. I said, you're right, don't do it. He goes, there goes Dom, I go to this fucking uh, Italian restaurant in Vegas, your picture's in the fucking urinal. I'm looking at you, I feel like a fucking fag. Looking at you when I'm taking a piss. That's a Joe Pesci said, or is this a joke? No, that's what he said. Really? Not, Joe. He thought he was a fag. Don't do jokes. Huh? He, he, see, he felt like he was a fag? 
Something like that. You should just pull your cock out and see what happens next. <laughs> Could you imagine if Joe Pesci just started <laughs> mowing down on your cock? No, I can't. Even if you're, you know, obviously you're not gay, but even if you, just for the experience is what I'm saying. That's a good point. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind the next time we see him. If he brings it up again. Well, I was trying to figure out why he was telling you that. Well, because my picture was up above the urinal. Because he loves you. Because Joe Pesci's loving He had his cock in his hand. Pass it around. And he just, it was so memorable. He had to bring it up. Why'd you have to fucking say that for? Squarespace.com forward slash Joe. Use the code Joe5. Save yourself some money. And uh, thank you to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. Dominic motherfucking Irera Esquire. Thank Joe you, sir. Rogan. Thank you're the, you. You're the fucking man. I am proud to be a friend, my friend. I'm, I'm honored. Right and back at you. It's been a lot of fun and joy over the 20 years of knowing you. We've had a lot of good times, my friend. Oh, yeah. And we plan on having more. Hey, that more coming. <laughs> all right, you fucks. Uh, powerful Dan Hardy will be here Wednesday. It'll be an early podcast. Uh, 11 a.m. On uh, Pacific Time for powerful Dan Hardy. And then uh, there will also be one on Thursday. And I'll let you know who's going to be on that. All right, you fucks. We love the shit out of you. Appreciate you all. And uh, and mad love to you. Mwah. Big kisses. Thanks, Joe.